by the way, Snark Mark's YouTube channel. What? <laughs> what? what? <gasps> uh, everybody listening, Snark Mark's now has a YouTube channel. We're we're not going to be like posting as often to it as we do to the podcast feed. We're still going to be mainly an audio show, uh, but we are going to periodically make not only like videos where Dusty and I talk about specific things in wrestling, which we have in the works we've we've talked about, but we're going to also do kind of reaction videos immediately following certain shows starting this. Well, shoot. Well, shoot. That would have been like two weeks starting two weeks ago. I forgot that we that we record these in the future uh, in the past. Whatever you want to see, however you want to say it. Don't record them in the future. That's for sure. <laughs> we release them in the future. We release them in the future. Yeah. Shut up. Uh, so we're going to. I'm from what a what a crappy future. What a crappy time travel idea where you're only like three weeks ahead in the future. <laughs> like you, It's almost a useless power. At and that you point. can only do it to release your podcast or to record <laughs> your podcast. Right. Like when's all the COVID stuff over? And you're like, well, three weeks and three weeks from now ain't it. I can yeah. tell you that at least. Yeah, every time they ask you what's it like three weeks from now, you're like, it's it's relatively the same. Yeah, and like not almost, much has changed. It's almost exactly the same. Yeah, there's a there's a new number one movie. Betty White finally dies in like 17 days. <laughs> yeah, I've I've only got small meticulous updates for you. Yeah, until uh, one one of these days I'm gonna have a big one. Like yeah, like the 9/11 thing. Like oh, I actually got something for you. But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, but I can't do anything about it because uh, butterfly effect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so check out the Snark Marks Wrestling Podcast in the uh, future YouTube the channel. Future. future people in your flying cars three weeks from now, and you, by then we should at least have the recap of All Out released. I don't know if there's anything else that we're gonna do before then. It's what's the next WWE pay per view? Survivor Series. Uh, I mean, no, the next one is uh, Extreme Rules. So. <laughs> fuck, fuck yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Fuck yeah. Last year good. it was Extreme Rules, the horror show, and they... Uh, they. I bet the Fiend did something stupid. He did do something stupid, but what they also... Um, well, they they pretended that they blinded Rey Mysterio. <laughs> like, it was a... It was a match stipulation where you had to remove the eye of your opponent like you had and it was an eye for an eye match you had to the only way this match ends is if you blind the other person did you have to what was the removal of the eye did you go did they just put two guys in there with spoons who did he wrestle with ray uh it was ray mysterio versus seth rollins you can't take seth rollins eye no, well, it turns out you can't take Ray Mysterio's eye either. But they uh, they did a thing where he like runs Ray into the corner of the steps with his eye, and then they're like, the eye is out of the socket. And there was uh, like, it was. Are you serious? I I promise. In 2020, <laughs> the WWE did this. Yeah, and they're like, somebody's losing an eye, and I was like, how do you pay off this stipulation? That's there's no way to. Uh, the, Unless oh, Ray we, can't, has a... <laughs> we can't hit people in the head with chairs. No, right. no, we can't do that. But uh, yeah, Ray... the, the eye gouging match. We'll definitely do that right. one. 
unless Rey Mysterio has a glass eye that I have up till now been unaware of, there's no way to pull the stipulation of this match off. They, should, they could have called Michael Bisping in. He could do that. That's true. Um, that's that's what you need the count for. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, <laughs> big, uh, based on that eye thing, uh-huh. I don't know whether to say, hey, let's do extreme rules or <laughs> we should boycott extreme rules. I think we should wait for match stipulations for extreme rules. That, that is a good my, idea. That is a good idea. Because if there's another eye for an eye match, we got to watch it. How long? Well, yeah. How long ago, like a foot for a foot match or some shit? How yeah, long yeah. until Extreme Rules is? Do we have? Uh, I think it's like three weeks. I don't. I don't know exactly. So it could be right after this. If it's <laughs> not, I'm probably not changing it. Right. I've jumped ahead. They go on with Extreme Rules. <laughs> they go on with Extreme yeah. Rules. It's uh, September 26th, so yes, this should. I don't know if this will be out. It might. This might release the day of Extreme Rules. Yeah, so TBD. TBD. But uh, check out the Snark Marks YouTube channel. Uh, Our all-out recap is totally there, and uh, we had a great time doing it, and the cameras worked, and the microphones worked, and I was able to figure it out, and we had good lighting, and... We almost broke YouTube with our handsomeness, but yeah. they uh, they figured out a new alg- a new algorithm, so things are fine. No, no audible farts on the broadcast. Hopefully, no. cross your fingers. No, no audible ones. No. Of, oh, well, there's of... going to be some non-audible ones. We're yeah. eating wangs. Yeah, deep in deep in the couch cushions. Yeah. That's where they go. Uh, uh, intro song. Snark marks, motherfuckers. Uh, hopefully, you guys checked out our YouTube channel while that u- intro song was going on. It's it's from what you can tell, it's popping in there. W- probably yeah. one video in the last three weeks or so. Uh, things are things are wild in there. Various rappers of uh <laughs> of of acclaim dropped by. Yeah, not a big deal. Yeah, we got Kanye in to talk about Donda, which I listened to like the first uh, four tracks of yesterday and i'm dating this podcast about three weeks now again yep you know 
is it uh is it religious in nature fucking every goddamn second of what i heard except for okay. the 52 second intro song that's just somebody going donda 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 <laughs> uh he's, he's eccentric man you don't get right. it i yeah, number nine number nine number nine i believe i believe that i have reached critical mass for what i knew for years was going to happen with kanye because my my trajectory with kanye was uh, i used to write for a paper whenever i was in college and a guy who worked in the entertainment section where i worked handed me college dropout and was like hey you should review this album i was like all right and i hadn't heard of kanye because i was not plugged in to what was going on in backpack rap or new york productions uh so kanye to me he's he's completely fresh so i listened to that album and i'm like oh this dude's a genius this album is incredible and so then he starts public life kanye where it's kind of fun and he's a weirdo and he is he is uh, kanye sort of has the beastie boys thing the thing i love about the beastie boys which is the Beastie Boys, all the Beastie Boys songs are about how great the Beastie Boys are and how cool they are and how fun they are and <laughs> how hip they are. Oh, yeah. And it works for them. And in public life, it's kind of what Kanye was doing. And then he started getting crazy uh, in his like actions. And then he dropped late registration. And I was like, you can think all you want about what the dude does on his own time, but you cannot deny the dude makes bangers. Slap, and slap, that's, slap. That's been the cycle the whole time. Right about whenever I'm getting ready to write Kanye off as a celebrity person of interest to me. Then he drops a new album that is incredible. And I have to, once again, give it up to him and be like, okay, for everything else, like the dude knows how to make music. And uh, that's all of them. Graduation, 808s, uh, My Dark Twisted Fantasy, all of those albums. Are incredible did you, i was just looking when you you were talking about uh late registration i was like when did that come out that came out 2015 right uh 25 2005 2005 2005 is notable in united states history and kanye history aside from late registration hurricane katrina formed on august 23rd <laughs> 2005 right yep it dissipated August 31st, 2005. Uh, so it was extra tropical after August 30. I'm guessing that means that it, that it was over the ocean or some shit, right? Right. Um, so that means that Kanye West on television with Mike Myers said George Bush doesn't care about black people around about August 30th, 2005, right? Right. I think it's fair to say that uh, around about. We don't know exactly when it was. I remember that that telethon or whatever it was or the, the benefit show was like the week of Katrina. Katrina wasn't over yet when that thing was going on. If it, if it was over, there were still people standing on their houses. Right. Right. FEMA yet yet to arrive. Yeah. For the most so, part. Yeah. So that's August 30th, 2005. You want to guess what day? Kanye West's late registration released. <laughs> I'm going to guess August 31st, 2005, August 30th, 2005, yeah. that same yeah. goddamn day. But <laughs> so we don't know. We don't know uh, that 
that was the same day because we don't know exactly the the date of the benefit show. Right. But it was it was say say like three days. That's a big week for Kanye. That is that is incredible. Uh, I can't believe that. I didn't know that was the no. thing, and I just realized that. I didn't but even think about the, if we had a video element to this, you guys would see my shocked face about like thirty Dude, seconds I, I, before. <laughs> I literally stuff. thought you were googling, and then found out Kanye died. Or something. <laughs> Your face was so uh, was so shook. I couldn't believe it. Uh, okay, so it was a few days after late registration was released. So okay. it was like September 2nd or something like that. So uh, maybe early that next week. That's fucking funny. Holy after shit. After he's definitely number one. You know how many like albums that probably what, sold? Yeah, the, after that's the number one album, he goes out and just ruins Mike Myers' world. Oh, the look on Mike Myers' face when, when right after he said that is just etched yeah. into my brain, and I hope it never leaves. <laughs> lives there, lives there rent free. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're here to talk about something that happened about eight years before late registration in Hurricane Katrina, but it might be as you know as I'm just kidding. It's not as influential. The biggest thing that happens here is Kane shows up. Uh, spoiler alert. That's um, gotta be Kane. That's gotta be Kane. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Well, you know what we're you know we're watching. Uh, we're watching in your house with lots and lots of room. <laughs> it's an in your house. Kane <laughs> might show up real soon. <laughs> it's an in your house with lots of bad wrestling. It's an in your house. WWF in your house. That's a. Uh, Shout out to all my old Christian friends. I've had that song stuck in my head for two weeks that I wrote just <laughs> in my brain. I forgot that you had a song wrote, so I just started singing the original song. No, uh, it's all right. We yeah, I, so there's be right into it. So there's there's two in your houses. There, well, this is this is it's a great big house. That's audio adrenaline, ladies and gentlemen. We talked about them last week. Well, actually, I deleted all that, so no, we didn't. Uh, but that is audio, notable contemporary christian band uh audio adrenaline but i always think yeah. of the is it the sound garden or audio slave that sings in your house? Uh, that's audio slave dude i think of it every time obviously yeah. i mean why like a I? like a stone like that's a stone that's the yeah that's yeah. the name of that song um so dusty sent me some supplemental material yep. in in this uh, one of them was a an entire personality change by one Shawn Michaels. Yep. Night um, after night after SummerSlam, which is the last uh, WWF pay per view we reviewed. So where he, uh, as you'll recall, blasts the Undertaker in the face with a chair, and then uh, that leads to Bret Hart winning the WWF title. The interview I sent you is the night after that with Shawn Michaels. Okay, I, I didn't know it was immediately. Okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah, because he's getting booed and he's like, you guys are laying all this on me and all that shit. But I just like this new what he's he has debuted a new like attitude, but it's like. Hey, I could be in the NWO. <laughs> right. He's, this is a direct response to what WCW is doing is what he should have said when he walked out. Yeah, well, I mean, him and 
uh, Shawn Michaels and Hall and Nash and Triple H and uh, X-Pac or Six, they're all best friends. And they'd all been running in WWF together. So then when Hall and Nash and uh, Waltman, X-Pac, leave, mm-hmm. it's just Shawn Michaels and Triple H. But they had previously done a thing called The Curtain Call, which I think we talked about, where they, they all came out together on a house show on their last night and hugged and like waved to the crowd and everything. Even oh, it's though, got them in a little bit of trouble, right? Well, it got, it got Triple H in a lot of trouble. But it was like Hall and Nash left, so you can't do anything to them. Shawn Michaels yeah. is the WWF champion, so you can't do anything to him at the time of this happening. Triple H was actually supposed to win. He wins the King of the Ring in 1997. He was supposed to win it in 1996, and they <laughs> took it away from him for this as punishment. Who ended up but winning the King of the Ring in 1996? Steve Austin. That's where Austin 316 oh. is born. Well, so like, yeah, go if fuck they, yourself, Hunter. <laughs> right. But imagine if they hadn't, if they hadn't stumbled on that. Steve Austin was like wasting away in the mid card. Like the weird butterfly effect, like we just talked about, of the fact that they take it away from Triple H, who's only really getting it because he's friends with Shawn Michaels and they're pushing real hard for him. They give it to Austin. Austin does that promo where he births Austin 316 and off to the races we go. So that's wild. But backstage, Shawn Michaels and Triple H are still best friends and they're working together. And they're like, they're a three man, because I guess they have China, but they're like a three person, uh, like thing to themselves because everyone else hates Shawn Michaels at this point because he's such a dick. And so this major league dick, right? So this heel turn is really just more of his personality at this point coming out. Like he's leaning into the fact that he's. a a giant asshole and that's why they pair him and hunter up because they're friends well i just hated like okay the 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 main thing that i hated about this because i i'm I'm cool with sean michaels being an asshole i mean he comes out to a song that says like i know i'm sexy and all that shit he's got to be an you can't be a a fucking it's hard to be a baby face with that well you can but it's it's more fun to be a heel sometimes singing your own theme song tough to be a baby face is that him singing it yeah it's like i love that uh he's such a so, he's a boy toy dude yeah well, he's not your boy toy he's someone's <laughs> boy, toy. boy toy dude it's a good song banger uh but i didn't like the flicking mr mcmahon's ears and oh. like pretending to flick boogers at him and it who if if triple h isn't giving him the rabbit ears sean michaels is giving him the rabbit ears and anybody who talks to you you pretend they spit in your face and the, or their so, breath stinks or hijinks andrew hijinks it's b-level 90s it's what okay have you ever seen like home movies from the 90s aside from like eric harris's and dylan Bolds and all that uh yeah i think so. i mean not a ton when, but some. when when people didn't know even now it happens like i don't know what to do if you just point a camera at me like right you know, uh, make if, a face if, if you're like be funny or whatever you know what i mean i don't know what to do right. so like they did the most basic bitch B-level 1990s hamming it up for the camera stuff. Like Shawn Michaels is like hiding behind the belt when somebody's talking to him and like looking over it like it's a like it's a, a fence. He's Wilson from fucking Home Improvement. And like right. they're constantly flicking him in the ear and like like they're they're so bad. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I hate that. 
I hate so it. Is it what do you prefer this or cool uncle in WO? I need you to gotta see, pick one. I know. I'm well, I, I I don't necessarily have to pick one, but <laughs> yeah, I guess you could hate them both, but I you would hate one of them more. Yeah, yeah. I, and I will come to a conclusion on that. Um, I haven't I okay, what I'll tell you right now is I think Shawn Michaels is cooler than pretty much anybody in NWO. I think he's okay. cooler than maybe Scott Hall's pretty cool. Uh right. but he does the oh, stupid Cuban oh, accent. Dude. I know Buff Bagwell is fucking top shit, dog. <laughs> He's top shit. But uh, it, if 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 Scott Hall didn't do the Razor Ramona accent, uh, mm-hmm. I would I would I might have that conversation. But I think because of the accent, Shawn Michaels wins. Um, yeah. I don't think um, Kevin Nash is particularly cool, especially since he his name was they called him Big Daddy Cool. Like, what are you doing? Uh, right. Well, and. Na- I will say Kevin Nash might be cool, but Kevin Nash is not nearly as cool as Kevin Nash thinks he is. Like if you listen to interviews yeah, with Nash, I have, he thinks yeah. he's like the hottest shit there ever was. And the toughest motherfucker in the world. Yeah. Like he's always talking himself up on that stuff, which is what yeah. makes him less cool for sure. But I'm sure Shawn Michaels feels the same thing and maybe not the toughness thing, but he thinks he's the cool, <laughs> the hottest shit in the world. You know what I mean? Right. Well, Shawn Michaels definitely knows he's not the hottest the the toughest, toughest. motherfucker in the world because uh marine kicked the shit out of him well and he's uh, ran he's ran knows like nine marines okay <laughs> and he's ran away from it seemingly everybody on the roster like sunny bullied him you know what i mean so uh <laughs> Bret, Bret hart pulled his hair out yeah know? uh so there was that and then there was stone cold um being told in the ring that yeah. A genuine cool guy, genuine yeah. cool angle, stone cold being told in the ring that he he is not medically c- cleared to wrestle. He needs to wait. He can't wrestle and uh, taking it pretty well, I think. Yeah, he took a measured approach yeah. to the fact that he was told. I mean, he's obviously disappointed. Mm-hmm. He's you know, but he's reserved. He understands it's a it's an issue of liability. Yeah, you know, you don't want the W. Oh wait, no, no, no. I believe he, I believe you... he Stone Cold stuns uh, Vince McMahon's ass in the middle of the ring. Oh, look. I that does, my my notes do say that, that yeah. he, he did <laughs> he did Stone Cold stun him, and it looked like it looked to me that Vince may have been dead. Yeah, I I don't know that they instructed that might have been the first bump Vince McMahon's ever taken because he's like shaking like he's having well, an, like a epileptic yeah, that's one of my hit. favorite things like it's so stupid from and his like, eyes are open so that's the, also that also makes it so much better and he took he didn't take it like uh you know when the rock takes a stunner his head like bounces like a spring off a stone cold shoulder like backwards away from him when mcmahon takes his stunner he like folds over stone cold onto his back it was the yeah i i thought it looked actually good like i i i'm sure there's some people who thought that it was a really bad like it was a stupid bump but well it's supposed to look like he doesn't know how to bump so i think like it it looks silly but it looks like i i don't know that you guys did this because uh wwf was long over uh in their major popularity by then but like when I was in middle school, dudes would just run up and try to give you a stone cold stunner. And if you are an unwilling <laughs> That's participant, <so> boss, <laughs> yeah, if you're an unwilling participant in that uh, game, 
that's how you take the bump because the dude is pulling you for like you know the momentum is pulling oh, so you you're gonna forward fall forward like that okay yeah because if you're not if you're not helping the guy do it you know because you're supposed to drop to your knees <laughs> which is an unnatural way to fall if somebody grabs you by the head so i think it was vince either a partially not knowing how to take the bump and b he doesn't want to look like a trained wrestler doing that move yeah know? yeah he's that, a official that makes sense uh but yeah he, he killed him dead and uh he that's that's basically the storyline right now is that Stone Cold can't wrestle. His neck was broken freaking by one Owen Hart, who is now boasting around that he that he broken freaking Stone Cold's neck with a we'll get to it later with a piece of merch that says Owen three sixteen. I just broke your neck, which <laughs> Andrew, let me tell you this mm-hmm. storyline or no, yeah, friend, friend or foe, yeah, if you broke my neck. Because yeah. I was too low, you sack of shit. Yeah. And then you made a t-shirt boasting about my my neck being broken freaking. It's on site, dude. It's there's no it's never it's never over. Especially if I if I haven't discussed it with you. If I just right. went and made the shirt <laughs> and I and, wasn't like and, and for some reason they sold the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> like this company that I we went. both belong to. Yeah. Is Our selling employer. the shirt, selling <laughs> the shirt for profit. We, we both work at a bank. <laughs> I broke your neck somehow, and I I make I broke Dusty's neck shirts, and the bank sells them. <laughs> and then I don't get any of the money yeah. because it's not technically my merch; it's your merch. Yeah, on the back of my, <laughs> off the off the literal neck of yeah. my. Uh, of my injury God, that's uh, great holy shit uh so uh there was a pay-per-view before this one that we skipped a different in your house called in your house ground zero and at that event uh two major things happened brian thank Pullman, god this was pre 9 11 i was like i started doing the math in my head oh like, yeah yeah this was not <laughs> no it was just a whole bunch of other terrible things that you shouldn't <laughs> say for ground zero yeah. uh but nothing in the u.s so thank totally god fine. yeah 15 uh, killed in bombing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh brian pillman and gold dust had a a match where yeah, the storyline is gold dust's daughter uh, that he has with Marlena, Brian Pillman is insinuating that that is actually his daughter because Marlena and Brian Pillman used to date in real life. And so he's saying that she's his love child and not actually Goldust's daughter. It's crazy so, how they wrote all this like real life shit. Like, let's dude, make I, Kevin Sullivan and Chris Benoit wrestle each other. Uh, me and Sarah were talking about it, and it's like, she's always like, well, what happened? Uh, after that storyline and I was like oh well this couple actually broke up or like these two yeah. dudes were super pissed at each other yeah. it's like, well of course because you're playing on tender real emotions that you're supposed to separate for your job that also involves you fake beating up the dude that's talking <laughs> shit to you yeah like <laughs> and having within, to take care of him like yeah do your with best the oppor- to not hurt him <laughs> with the opportunity to actually beat the shit out of him like, and one of but, one of you has to lose <laughs> yeah and so they do a match where I, if I believe, I don't remember the Brian Stil- Pillman part of the stipulation, but if Brian Pillman wins this match, Marlena is his manager for 30 days. 
<laughs> so, of course, wouldn't you know who won the pony? Brian Pillman wins this match. Yeah. And so Marlena has to go on the road with Pillman, and he's making all of these, like, weird... They're called the Triple X Files, and he keeps showing them on Raw, and it's like Marlena and him in a hotel room, and it's like, well, she doesn't have to be in the same hotel as you. Like, it, it's <laughs> it's gross, and it's weird, and it's like, for 1997, again, like Ernest in Africa that we talked about, different time, it's very uncool. Yeah. But uh, that storyline happened and was actually supposed to be re- resolved at this show. But the other thing that happened was Undertaker and Shawn Michaels had a match because of the the fallout from SummerSlam, but that match went to a no contest. Like, and so that's why they create the Hell in the Cell in storyline, so that we can get a definitive ending to this feud. How did it end in no contest? Do you remember? Uh, they just kept <laughs> uh, too much ass kicking. Like they wouldn't stop fighting. Oh, but they, they were out they were outside of the ring. Oh. So it was like the people tried to pull them apart and they couldn't get them apart. And the undertaker did the first time I ever saw the undertaker do that top rope dive. He does mm-hmm. like once a year. That's the first time I ever saw him do it. The tope over the top onto like a bunch of people. And it was, they, the match got too wild. So then they're like, okay, we need a new stipulation. So Shawn Michaels can't run away from the undertaker. So how do we do that? Let's make a sell match. Okay. You know, so those are the two big things coming out of that pay-per-view. There is one other thing that happened, which was they did a they did an England only pay-per-view called one night only. And the main event of this match or the main event of that show was Shawn Michaels versus British Bulldog for the European title. I will remind you that the British Bulldog is from England. He's a yeah, he's a European man. He is the European champion. Were they in England? They were in England, in okay. British Bulldogs hometown. Yeah. Where I will also point out to you that British Bulldogs mother, his wife <laughs> and his sister, who was currently being treated for cancer, were in the front row. Andrew. Yeah. Who do you think won that match? I. uh <laughs> It's so fucking funny that Shawn Michaels won it. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> he wins. By technical submission with a figure four leg lock that he has on the British Bulldog for a long time. And, and, and British, British Bulldog, Bulldog passes, passes out. out. <laughs> yes. Because Shawn Michaels refuses to lose to the British Bulldog, even in England, in front of his whole family, because British Bulldog is the brother-in-law of Bret Hart. Yeah. And for, for some reason, Vince McMahon's like, well, okay, pal, well, you know, whatever. <laughs> like, fuck you, Shawn Michaels, dude. <laughs> it's it's fake lose that's you're such a dick all the time that that and, is i, I props to sean michaels he's a competitor i props to the british bulldog for not killing sean michaels in that match uh where he had every opportunity to do so yeah uh so i think that that brings us up to speed as far as uh, those things, except for the delightful segment that I sent you where Mankind and Dude Love and Cactus Jack are all on the same screen at the same time. Oh, yeah. And then Cactus, I watched that match. That match was intense. Yeah, that was that happened at Madison Square Garden in on like September the 20th. So, it's so up, that's that's the return of Cactus Jack, right? That he is was, the was Cactus, of Cactus Jack, Jack an ECW character? 
it was uh, Mick Foley's whole career until he got to WWF as Mankind. He had been Cactus Jack. Oh, okay, okay. So even in WCW before that, like his whole career, he'd been Cactus Jack. Um, if you haven't seen that, it's on YouTube. Just look up Triple H versus Cactus Jack Street Fight. Uh, and the best part of that segment is it's supposed to be Dude Love versus Triple H, but Dude Love gets on the screen. And he's doing a promo where he's like, you know, street fights aren't really a love thing. The pinfalls in the hot dog stand, the pinfalls in the streets. It's not really for me. So he calls out mankind and he starts interviewing mankind and mankind is uh, like, oh, yeah, I'd love to kick Triple H's ass. You know that I could do it. You know that I would do it. However, there's somebody else that I know who'll do it who wants to do it even more than me and then he says cactus jack and the crowd is a giant pop for cactus jack which is in the throws in the face the idea that vince mcmahon had that no one knew who cactus jack was and they didn't give a shit about him that's how vince mcmahon always is with any other wrestling any wrestling that isn't w it seems to be i don't know but it seems to be that anything that that's why when KO comes to WWF, he's he's mid card for a, a, a long time and yeah. shit. You know what I mean? And AJ Styles because nobody that. matters unless they're here. So like, yeah. oh man, imagine if he would have signed Kenny Omega, <laughs> which is insane. Because like, I mean, briefly, uh, Michael Chandler, the the UFC fighter, he's yeah. been like the number one guy in the other company, right? And was yeah. maybe the number one uh, fighter in his division. And like Dana White signs him and immediately puts him in a title eliminator fight because he's not like, well, you have to start at the bottom again to because our audience doesn't know who Michael Chandler is. Yeah, well, especially since it's real. So like if it's it's a win win in, in certain ways in, in that scenario, because if he wins, I've got I've got a new contender, a new fresh contender, especially since Michael Chandler can talk. He's a little charismatic, stuff like that. Yeah. If he loses, we're obviously better than Bellator. Because that's the, the Michael Chandler was one of, if not the best Bellator fighter of all time. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, yeah I'm, you could tell the Cactus Jack was over. I loved watching him wrestle. I'm glad that Mick didn't have to be Cactus Jack as often. Yeah, they they do run all three characters for a while, and it's kind of fun because each guy has its has his own specialty. Like when Mick Foley is like, "Oh, I really got to turn this up to like hyper violence." Then he brings out Cactus Jack. And I thought Triple H, to his credit, did a great job selling being afraid of Cactus Jack, where he's like, no, that's bullshit. I will not. I will not wrestle Cactus Jack. Yeah, (laughs) that is not what I signed up. I'm supposed to wrestle the dude love guy. Yeah, (laughs) the other the other guy. I'm okay with that guy. Not this guy. (laughs) Um, So that brings us up to date. Uh, We are in St. Louis, Missouri at the Keel Center. For WWF in your house, Bad Blood, which did uh, twenty one thousand one hundred and fifty one people, with a paid attendance of seventeen thousand four hundred and four, for a total gate of two hundred twelve thousand five hundred fifty dollars. Uh, it did one hundred eighty six thousand buys domestically, uh, and then it says two. The WrestleNomics that I looked at said it was two hundred and forty buys which I, I am assuming means total, which is uh, pretty good for an in-your-house. And I have to attribute that to the idea that you're going to get to see this new, cool, like, giant cage that they built. Yeah, I think the Hell in the Cell sold a lot of pay-per-views. I was 
disappointed to see this many matches on an in your house because we had done one in your house previously and it was four yeah. matches and it was delightful yeah they uh this is about the time that they were like actually let's make the in your house is three hours and we'll just add a bunch of extra bullshit matches These fucking motherfuckers i bet i wonder if uh they charged less for in your houses um when they were shorter yeah they did um i think this one was still on the old plan like, like because pricing. In your, yeah because in your house used to be 1495 then they bumped it up to 19 um around this time and you got more matches and so oh, okay. but they still weren't 30 dollars, which the main pay-per-views were well so, i'm looking i'm looking at the uh list and one two three or four of these matches can just go yeah like and and it's and it's a pretty good wrestling show well but, and there's a there is a large looming reason for that that we can uh that we'll get to in a, in a minute but sure, yeah <laughs> um they open the show and there's a Shawn michaels video package where the guy uh, they just keep cranking up the gravitas because they show like Triple H and Shawn Michaels and China and Rick Rude, who uh, got brought in to be Shawn Michaels' bodyguard, basically, yeah. or insurance policy is what they keep calling him, uh, beating up The Undertaker. And the guy goes, like hyenas, rabid for the scent of a fresh kill. Yeah. <laughs> All right, dude. <laughs> All right, man. And don't got to be <laughs> At like least that. I'm still glad you're not Pettengill, Gill, but come on, man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then ultimately it's to lead to the line where they introduce the hell in the cell and they go, no way in. No way out. No one to stop the carnage. Uh, I bet you're wrong. Yeah, but there's one guy. <laughs> one guy to stop the carnage. Why do you even say that line? You know what's going to happen. Well, because that's why. Because you're like, oh shit, there is no one to stop the carnage. And then you know, if somebody stops this carnage, it must be a really powerful thing that I'm going to buy T-shirts about. Yeah, I hope it has a mask. Yeah. Uh, so PlayStation presents in your house bad blood. Uh, Hell yeah. PlayStation. Our, PlayStation. Uh, <laughs> where our announcers are Jerry the King Lawler, Jim Ross, and of course uh Vince McMahon. And uh I don't know when you want to jump on this topic. We can do it whatever, but they announce kind of uh in the middle of the the guys coming to the ring for the first match. It's Nation of Domination, who is Kama Mustafa. The newly turned Rocky the Rock Maivia to the to the Nation of Domination, and D'Lo Brown taking on the what is supposed to be the Legion of Doom and Ken Shamrock, but Ken Shamrock is pesky perpetual internal injuries have popped up, so this is a handicap match. But they kind of, while the Nation of Domination is getting in the ring, they kind of just mentioned, oh, uh, we learned Brian Pillman died earlier today. So we're not going to have the Brian Pillman versus dude love match that we were going to have. Uh, and we'll have more details about it later. And just kind of oh, speculate all you want and think all the worst things that probably happened here and assume yeah. that this man did something terrible. Yeah. Uh, anyway, here's the Legion of Doom. Yeah. The Nation of Domination was like doing their like uh, their fi- their black power fists in the in the yeah. ring and like Nation of Domination. Well, Brian Pillman died tonight and uh it, we, we we've known that for a little bit we could have timed this up in a completely different way but this is where we're choosing to tell you yeah um <laughs> it's, 
it's very strange and it's like a specter over the whole show um this match is very bad well it's a classic <laughs> it's a classic nod versus laud match that we've seen about 15 times um uh, that that old it's tale as old as time you know yeah nod the, versus laud a couple things i like uh the the rock uh, gets really affected by the fact that they're chanting Rocky sucks and he's yeah. he like gets out of the ring and he's like looking around at him and like it's like old Kurt Angle style shit which I love they did they did stumble on like finally having something for the rock to do because babyface rock the way that he was that he has been seen so far and the way that he was before he got injured like that guy's never gonna get over like the rock at, feels like at least as a heel he knows what to do you know. Well, he just didn't have he didn't have an identity. Um, he was just he had heart and a good smile. And he had that weird haircut. And like and his dad was a famous wrestler. So like giving him an identity, a ta- I, I hate the nation of domination for the most part. But I do see how attaching him to something to give him a bit of an identity and something to do that he could build away from. Uh, obviously was the right thing to do because this is where we get the rock character eventually. Um, I'm guessing like he kind of evolves out of his nation of domination. He healed him to become the rock. Um, well, he starts as the rock here and this is where he starts talking in the third person and it's the, you know, the rock doesn't care what you people think. Dude, the, how good of a name is the rock? Like it's <laughs> way better than Rocky. Oh yeah. It's so good. And he, this is the building blocks of, it doesn't matter what you think. And do you smell what the rock is cooking and mm-hmm. all of his catchphrases that then turn him into a giant baby face because mm-hmm. you can't you, I, well, apparently you can, cause they did with Rocky Maivia, but like, if you let this guy just be charismatic, like you can't bottle the charisma of the rock, you know, if you, if you let him, if you give him something to actually do. Well, even in the ring is Rocky Maivia, you could tell like a little bit. Like it wasn't like, oh God, that's the that's that's the the next big star or anything like that. But he it it looks different than like when just some random person sh- shows up. Like yeah. the the first I saw the first Randy Orton match uh that was in my wheelhouse at the time. And you could tell he was super like, oh, this guy has something. You know what yeah. I mean? And, also blue trunks like the rock. Exactly. Yes. So it'd be start with blue trunks. Yeah. Good to go. So um, um I thought Animal is very impressive. Like I think we've talked about before. He's just real strong. Yeah. And like everything he does looks cool. He has an awesome giant power slam. Uh there's a part where Vince McMahon says that the nation of domination is attacking like a pack of bears. And then Jim Ross goes, a pack of bears. <laughs> <laughs> and Vince goes, er, I mean, wolves. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's some rich guy stuff that always makes me laugh. Like there was a, there was a time where I, at a place I worked, I ran into like the main guy. Right. And it was a payday. And he, he was like, how's it going? And I was like, oh, you know, it's payday or whatever. So pretty good. And he's like, oh, we got paid today. And I was like, to be so is that like you running into me yeah like to be so removed (laughs) from knowing when your next paycheck is yeah feels like the ultimate rich guy thing so like vince mcmahon doesn't know colloquialisms because he doesn't need to know them so a pack of wild bears sounds just as plausible to him even though that's not a saying 
He's a New York boy. Yeah, he doesn't know. Um, so the was, there's not a whole lot to this. Like the the Legion of Doom are they're over tag team selves, basically. Like everybody yeah. loves the Legion of Doom. The crowd seems to love the Legion of Doom. The crowd seems to not like the rock. Um I think appropriately, I don't think it was go away heat. I think it was appropriate heel heat, right? Yeah, he had go away heat as a baby face, but that's they smartly leaned into that. So now, like, instead of them not wanting you to chant Rocky sucks at baby face Rocky Maivia, they're like, well, we'll just make him not like you guys, you know, and then you can chant Rocky sucks all you want, and then we're getting the thing that we want out of you. Yeah. Which is your you're engaged in the match in the right way because you hate the rock now and we want you to hate him as opposed to we want you to like the rock and you hate him. Yeah, it's it's self-sabotage. It works. Um, so the this match ends with the Legion of Doom setting up the Doomsday device. Yep. Uh, they They have the rock on their shoulders ready to do it. The crowd's going wild. And then Farouk, Mother Farouker, walks out <laughs> and he's walking and the, the, the saunters. He just saunters out. Yeah. The Legion, yeah. the Legion of Doom just immediately abandons this doomsday device, goes over to Farouk. Uh, one animal gets clotheslined over the top rope. Hawk gets rock bottomed. He does unnamed rock bottom at this point, but he what? is rock bottomed. That was it. That's the earliest rock bottom I've seen. I don't know. Is is that the first instance of the rock bottom? Uh, no, whatever. He returned and turned heel by doing a rock bottom on one of the DOA guys. Oh, okay. And so that's where he debuted the move. But this might be the first pay-per-view instance of it. So this would have been the first time you'd seen it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. He rock bottoms. Um, Hawk, who had kick-ass face paint for this match, by the way. If you guys go back to watch this pay-per-view for some reason uh the hawk's face paint is fantastic on point like so hawk has the the negative mohawk right yes he's got a like a swirly star around his eye and the star the one of the points of the star goes right up the mohawk it's perfect uh just a true artist did his face it's probably animal um so uh that gets the pin at what how long was the match uh, this was 12 minutes and 20 seconds. And I'm going to guess this is a shenanigans based victory. It is shenanigans. And I thought about it for a second because uh, uh, Animal was technically the legal man. Only the illegal man got clotheslined. But they did have the doomsday device ready to go. And that got thwarted. A. And B shenanigans was the story right they the intent was that that was shenanigans so one for one shenanigans yeah um oh do you prefer the nation of domination song or the nwo song if you had to pick one nwo song except that i've had to hear the nwo song (laughs) about fifty thousand times yeah so like and it, it it is attached to such anger at fumbling that goddamn storyline but i i probably still go with nw nwo song because nation of domination it just sucks so bad there's like almost no like 
there's no there's nothing catchy about it you know what i mean right the nwo song is a ripoff of several Jimi hendrix songs so it's like it at least has that going. at least it stole from something dope you know what i mean yeah so uh so there was one nut shot in that in that match by the way oh i i was i i leave you to be the uh the purveyor of yeah uh, counting the nut shots uh i like to guess if there are shenanigans but i will uh I don't count. I don't take tally of the nut shots because I wait till the end for you to tell. Absolutely. Me Absolutely. Uh, we get the WWF is countering WCW's hotline by telling you to call in so that you can hear Doc Hendricks and Sonny interview the winners and losers of the various matches, which I, oh, I bet that that's a hoot. Oh, yeah. I bet it's so good. I bet, <laughs> I bet it's riveting and worth every bit of the m- money per minute you got to pay to listen to it. Yeah um they go to the desk where they again announce brian pillman's death uh and they always whenever they do these because i don't know why but about five or six times throughout this show they do that and i every time they just close up on vince and like you can tell vince is shaken up like i'm not saying he's a monster and he doesn't care but it's it's weird how much they keep going back to it and how it is so difficult to come out of something like that where you announce like one of our wrestlers was found dead this morning in his hotel room. Obviously that throws a, a wrench into our show, um, but we were hopefully going to give you something uh, that will make up for it, which is we have minis match and <laughs> dude read, read the room. Vince. What? Yeah. I was sitting there. I was like, He's he's he goes uh so uh you know one of our one of our wrestlers Brian Pillman very beloved wrestler he died in his hotel room we've just found out a few hours ago and we've uh to make it up we've got another attraction for you he says another attraction like yeah. the bearded lady died and yeah. we're we're bringing up the guy who hammers a nail into his nose you know what I mean and yeah. it's a minis match and it's like just skip just have one fewer match. Yeah, well, because there's there's only it sounds callous, but I promise that's not my intent. You are losing the dude love Brian Pillman match. And but they they seem to be saying that they've added like three matches to make up for that one. But no one that one, it can't make up for it. Like there's no amount of uh, replacement wrestling matches that are going to make the death of someone less devastating. A man is dead. (laughs) right like second like it's not like i was like oh man i am super bummed brian pillman died what's that you say minis well can't mourn forever you know like you announce that you say our card got messed up we're just not gonna have a match or you just have dude love if he if he feels up to it i don't know how mick felt wrestle somebody else and that's the replacement match and you just don't don't announce the untimely death of someone and then expect me to be like, well, here's a bunch of minis to make good on the fact that somebody died and we didn't know they were going to. Hey, Jerry Lawler. <sighs> oh, man. He he handled it like a champ, like he wasn't even devastated. Yeah. Uh, well, because so we get Max Mini and Nova versus Tarantula and Mosaic as our mini match. Yeah. Um, and Jerry, Jerry Lawler, you know, those, 
those big bathroom reader books uh that yeah. used to just be like uh 1001 jokes they don't want you to know or whatever you know yeah. jokes to offend anybody yeah you know, whatever you want to say any of those like jerry lawler just had one of those at the desk set to short people jokes and he just told a million of them yeah and he said at one point he's like i got a million of them <laughs> and vince is like oh i'm sure you do um I don't know how to feel about Minnie's wrestling. I know it used to be a big attraction and in Mexico it's like a it's it's not looked upon I don't think as poorly as in America that it's like sort of a freak show thing but I don't know that I've ever seen a good Minnie's match or that this match should be judged as some sort of like athletic contest. I'm not sure what to do with the Minnie's. I got little legs. I, yeah. I, you know, they, they did some impressive things like the, the hurricane runners were great. A couple yeah. guys, a couple of guys flying off the top rope. Uh, one of them was built like a, like a fat 11 year old. Um, <laughs> that's, I believe that's tarantula tarantula. Yeah. Um, yeah. not even that fat. He's a, he was a thick 11 year old. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was just, it's just so weird. <laughs> like I can't, I, it's hard to get past the, uh, sorry, one of the one of the main people on in our business has died. Uh, yeah. hey, here comes the minis. Ah! Yeah. And like at one point, Tarantula has Mac. I think it's Tarantula holding Max Mini over his head, yeah. and he, and uh, he throws him in front of Jerry the King Lawler on the table, and Jerry Lawler gets up and like double points at him and laughs. Ah! <laughs> because That's the, the funniest thing I've ever seen. The table didn't break. He's too. He's too many. You see, he doesn't weigh enough to break the announce table. I just, uh, yeah, like Andrew said, there is some good stuff here. Uh, Tarantula does a top rope splash, which is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, the end of this match comes with Max Mini does a flying body press and then an arm drag that he like flows into a crucifix on to get the pin. Uh, at six minutes and 43 seconds. And like I said, I don't even know that there's an applicable rating for me to give this match. Uh, if you want to see minis wrestle, this is, this is the one. I'm sure I've seen a worst mini match is probably, I haven't seen a less appropriate mini match. Um, sure. It was, at least it was short right. and that was not a pun. <laughs> um, it was, yeah. it, was an, it did not out. It did not overstay its welcome. That's well, the thing you could say about it. And what I'll say is Vince talking before that match is not the worst s- section of Vince talking about Brian Pillman's death in this show, in my opinion. And we'll get to the, the next, the other one later. Uh, yeah. Um. So they do a commercial for the Stone Cold Steve Austin 316 shirt because Steve Austin might not be able to wrestle, but you can buy his T-shirt for sure. oh and you did i guarantee he's still selling the shit out of those t-shirts oh boy did you you couldn't you could they sold that i remember realizing that wrestling was like truly in the mainstream like it sounds silly to say but when they started selling wrestling shirts at like walmart and you didn't have to just order them or like get them at a live event i was like Mm -hmm. oh this is like actually in the like the zeitgeist oh you yeah, can yeah. Buy, you can buy an austin 316 shirt at the same place you get paper towels that means it's a big deal <laughs> yeah but, that, that makes sense i gotta get one i uh 
I do. I got notification today that my Rick Steiner shirt will be here by the time that we record our all out thing. How'd I look? Everybody listening who watched it. Um, uh, I have I have bad news. You're not going to have yours. No, because due to the overwhelming amount of <laughs> CM Punk shirts that were ordered, they are backed up on literally everything that they're trying to do. And it takes like seven to 10 business days for them to send stuff normally. Yeah. And then at pro wrestling tees, everybody, I was going to buy a Scott Steiner shirt. And then we were both, I mean, in the future, you'll see the wrestling shirt that I'm going to wear. Cause I'll we'll still wear one. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that Austin shirt, I remember I bought an NWO Wolfpack shirt from Walmart. Yuck. Got a... <laughs> Wolfpack's cool, dude. Fucking yuck. <laughs> and I got a Sting shirt, Stang. Stang. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they, for some reason, they have Sonny come out to the ring and she introduces the tag teams for our next match. That's uh, actually, I also wrote that to guest ring announcer Sonny for some reason. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think they just like to work her into every show because she's hot. Like, she's the best looking girl she, they've got right yeah. at the time. Like, and she is talent, like, she is talented on the mic. Like, at, whenever she was a heel manager, she was very good. Oh, yeah. And, but did, she kind of yelled this in, in it. Like, yeah. I might as well come out and announce <laughs> the wrestlers. Yeah. Uh. So we have the evil Godwins once again, uh, Henry O and Phineas I Godwin. That spells hog and pig. Everybody, just so you know, uh, because they're pig. Oh fuck! (laughs) Why do they do that, man? (laughs) They slid it right by you, dude. Fucking Christ! Who does Uh, that? Like backstage? Who's the guy? Is that Vince? That's that's Vince for sure. That's Vince humor for sure. Uh, (laughs) that's good shit pal oh man Uh, that's that's so billionaire funny huh and then uh they've added uncle cletus to their act when they were good guys they had hillbilly jim good guy now they have previously unknown uncle uncle cletus what'd they do to hillbilly jim they just like they were like we don't need you to the curb huh yeah he he had to work his way back up through the box cars (laughs) yeah (laughs) he hasn't quite worked his way out of the box cars. um and they are taking on the headbangers mosh and thrasher for the wwf tag team titles that the headbangers currently are the champions i don't like mosh man (laughs) you're a thrasher guy i liked the headbangers the first time we saw them uh I still don't think they're a, they're a way better tag team than the Godwins, in my opinion, uh, who, by the way, won worst tag team from the West Wrestling Observer Newsletter in 96 and 97. Uh, and they were slowly phased out of the WWF after this match, <laughs> by the way. Yeah. Uh, but Mosh comes out and he's like, yeah. And then he like spits. Yeah. But he like it's an obvious. I just I know spitting's my thing. Spit. Like I, I, I wish you guys could see this. You probably don't want to, but I, I, it's really hard for me to explain why it was like so transparent that he did this because he thinks spitting is part of his uh, character. It, it really annoyed me because it's gross, you know. Yeah, and then and not even pandemic related, just in general spitting. It's just like, like it's gross. Yeah, and like it's definitely not a baby face maneuver, and they're supposed to be the baby faces in this match. Yeah, and he's like, he 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 literally, I think he goes, yeah, and then like just yeah. like lets a bunch of spit come out of his mouth as he's walking, and then 
And then they get in the ring and one of the Godwin dudes, I won't learn his name, spits directly in the air, does the try to catch thing, the try to catch his spit thing. But he doesn't. It's a horrible spit in the air. And then fucking Mosh is like, oh, I do the spit thing, too. So he spits in the air and catches it in his mouth. I just, you know, yeah. Uh, uh, but when when the Godwins came out, I missed this the first watch. I had to I had to rewatch some of the show today. Um, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> oh no, you're good. You're good. I just I just want to make sure it was <laughs> well, fresh. I'm sorry you had to rewatch this particular. Thing. Oh man, yeah. Uh, yeah. But I, I I did pick up on a joke that I didn't get the first time. Uh, I wonder if it's the same joke that I wrote down. Is it the rape joke? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, so uh, Sonny is in the ring and actually it's Jr. that says this. I thought yeah. it was the king at first. It seems like a king thing to say. But Jr. goes, good thing she doesn't look like Ned Beatty. Uh, yeah, because yeah, Ned Beatty is, uh, is sexually assaulted in the movie Deliverance by two hillbillies um, or yeah. a group of hillbillies. I don't know how many. Famously. Uh, yeah. That's like the thing Deliverance is most famous for. And that's my friend, Ned Beatty. I, I knew the man. He's a wonderful yeah. guy. Rest in peace, Ned Beatty. Died a couple months ago. I miss you. Uh, yeah. but, um, well, this is yeah. because Sonny in 1996, she she kept changing tag teams that she was managing based on whether or not they were the champions. So like, she started managing the Body Donnas. That's who she came in with. And then the Godwins won the titles. And she had like this flirtatious relationship with Phineas when they were baby faces. And she's Ugh. like a conniving woman to, you know, yeah, just trying to right steal it away from him. So then she started dressing like a cowgirl and then they lost it to the smoking guns and she immediately started managing the smoking guns. So they sort of play a little bit off of the fact that Phineas used to be infatuated with her, but now he's got uncle Cletus to keep him on the straight and narrow. Unless of course, she looked like Ned Beatty. When I heard that line, I was like, that, that is an insane thing for you to say. I just skipped right over it in my head the first time yeah. I watched it. I, I didn't I didn't even think about it. And then uh, and then when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, God, <laughs> uh, we, we started watching this match. And Sarah goes, are the headbangers the baby faces? And I was like, yeah, she goes, huh? <laughs> Like, they're only the baby faces because the other guys have confederate flags sewn onto their onto their wrestling gear and everybody hates them like i don't know yeah. like who's a big godwins fan did those exist uh when they were baby faces i guess really people were people were kind of into it i don't know uh the <laughs> there's a part in this match where vince vince doesn't know the name of any of the moves like that's a long-standing vince mcmahon criticism as a commentator for all the good that he can do selling the stories and directing you where he wants you to go in your mind for what they're trying to sell you. He doesn't know anything about how to call actual wrestling maneuvers. Yeah. And so a lot of the times, if he sees something that he doesn't know, he'll just say what a maneuver as his, uh, as his addition to the play-by-play. So in this match, he, there's a part where they, one of the headbangers does a move off the apron to the floor that the camera misses entirely. And Vince goes, what a maneuver that was. And then they replay it and it's a total botch. Like they, (laughs) I don't know what was going on with Thrasher and one of the Godwins, but they botched this entire thing. Um, The headbangers again are pretty good. They are mismatched with the Godwins here because the Godwins aren't, it's like one team is doing spots because the, the headbangers do a bunch of double team moves that look cool they do a like where one of them suplexes uh the other guy on top of one of the godwins 
and then they do the midnight express tag team thing where they have one of the guys on the top rope and he leapfrogs his partner and lands on Phineas, I think it is. But the Godwins aren't doing spots. They're just walking around, hitting them with forearms and elbow drops. And like, it's two completely different styles. Yeah. And it makes this match really hard to watch. Yeah, there's not really much. I I didn't really write anything about any of the wrestling in this match. Like even the um, they tried to do like the the finish was one of the headbangers tried to do a move from the top rope. And one of the Godwins caught him and powerbombed him basically as he fell back. Yeah, could be a cool spot. Didn't look great. It was like almost botched. It wasn't fully botched, but it was almost botched. Yeah, Phineas didn't. It didn't look like he powerbombed him on purpose. It looks like it looked like the other, like the headbanger missed him, basically, and landed on his own back, like he belly, like he backwards belly flopped into a pool. Basically. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, so, yeah. but like Andrew said, that's the finish. Is Mosh goes for his finisher, which is called the stage jive, which is like a jumping senton while the guy's standing, and Phineas reverses it into a powerbomb. For the win, so the Godwins win the tag team titles at 12 minutes and 18 seconds. Uh, I, I gotta point it out. You said titles there. It's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, I I called a Sinton a wonton like three three episodes ago, and uh-huh. I noticed when I was rec- when I was uh, editing it, I was like, when I said wonton, I was like, I don't think that's the name of a ma- of a move. Like that's the name of a of a of food uh a type of wrap that you put uh, yeah dumpling filling in so then i uh i think afterwards sometime i either i i like racked my brain and found it or i, I heard senton i was like oh shit i sounded so stupid so if you're out there if you didn't stop listening to us at that point i appreciate you um yeah. i know it's not a wonton that's hilarious but <laughs> i'm gonna call it a wonton no. from now on yeah. just for the record the godwins win the wwf tag team championship oh yeah at 12 minutes (laughs) and 18 seconds uh then after the match the godwins are just beating up the headbangers for a while and then they just stop like they get bored and they're like all right we're done we're the champions and they just leave (laughs) they fucking banjoed their asses on out of there uh yeah they they would then lose their tag team championships uh to uh the legion of doom eight days after bad blood uh and then at that point shortly thereafter the team began to move down the card was eventually broken up and repackaged um yeah they they come back as a tag team called southern justice where they wrestle under their real names which is also terrible terrible i was gonna say they still suck right yeah just terrible in a different name or like under a different name Lipstick on a pig, Phineas <laughs> Godwin. <laughs> uh, we get a Stone Cold Steve Austin video package because again, Austin cannot wrestle, but they're not letting you forget Steve Austin's on this show. Yeah, hey, remember this and, guy? Yeah, he's everywhere. Uh, he st- he does a Stone Cold Stunner to Vince. He does one to Sergeant Slaughter. He does one to Jerry Lawler, and every time he does one, he just gets more and more over people. Oh, yeah. Just love it more and more because they're like, there's no way that he's going to stone cold stun Vince. Oh, we did it. God <laughs> damn it. He can't do it to slaughter. He's old. He did yeah. it. He did it to slaughter. 
um, they tease Monday Night Raw for tomorrow, but also mention that Austin will be here tonight. And that uh, they go to Owen Hart, who's cutting a promo with a young Michael Cole. Dude, baby Michael Cole. It was yeah. crazy to see. Uh, is this Frosted Tips, Michael Cole? No, it was it was like curly spikies, but yeah. I don't think they're actually frosted. Like he could have been wearing a puka shell necklace for sure. Oh, it definitely was. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, Owen Hart, like he cuts this promo where he's basically just saying, keep Austin away from me because I'm going to go out there and I'm going to win the uh, WWF Intercontinental title. And then he makes sure to plug his Owen 316 t-shirt because yeah. <laughs> he's a consummate professional. Once again, had he had a conversation with Stone Cold Steve Austin after he broke his neck and been like, hey, I'm sorry for breaking your neck. I feel right. real bad about it. I'm real sore about it, Steve. Yeah, I'm just, tore, I'm just tore up. You know, I have to, t- you know, I have to roll with it in the angle. So we're going to do the Owen 316 thing. We're going to do a broke your neck shit. Like I'm, I, I would prefer him to offer him money, but I know I understand. Like, I don't know dick about the business. So right. at least talk to him. But if you don't well, talk to him and then you make the, the, the shirts. Ah, <laughs> oh man. Right. And it's also like, a, I would like to think that they went to Austin and they were like, Hey, we're going to make this t-shirt because we're going to, you know, do this angle. And I would like to think that he gave him the sign off for it before they did it. Like, but knowing the wrestling business and knowing WWF, I don't know that that conversation ever happened. I would be shocked if it happened. Yeah. With He's, Vince. If, Vince isn't weird. Al Yankovic going to ask people if he can parody their song, even though legally he has every right to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, by the way, be cool. I mean, I guess Coolio's better about it now, but Calm down, Coolio. Amish Paradise is a delight. Yeah, I and I, I can't get too mad at Coolio because Prince said no. Um, and God damn it, I love Prince. Right. Uh, but well, he got mad after the fact because I guess we're because Weird Al, if people said no, he wouldn't do it. But yeah. Weird, Weird Al's record label said that Coolio was okay with it. And I guess, I don't know if they didn't really talk to him or if they just talked to the label and the label was like, it's fine. And they didn't yeah. run it past Coolio. But then afterwards, he was like real mad at Weird Al and Weird Al felt terrible about it. So, dude, Amish Paradise is, that's a banger. And it doesn't make fun of Coolio. No. It's about Amish people. Right. Well, I believe Coolio's stance, which is in my is mind. He should have made some stance. money off of it. Well, no, the wrong stance to take is the song was about too serious a subject to then parody. (laughs) Right. That's the whole reason to parody it, dude. It's because you son of a bitch. It makes it funnier. Yeah. The but in the same way, I mean, this is a different thing. They definitely should give Stone Cold's uh blessing before they put a before they start making fun of the thing that nearly paralyzed him or yeah or at least just clear the air like all uh, yeah. like the bare minimum of like hey dude i'm real sorry i did that to you uh yeah. you know what i mean um uh, anyway so I, then we get a we get a cool segment that like uh jim Cornette was really uh influential into this so st louis has long been a like wild wildly popular wrestling town it's mm-hmm. a huge deal in the regional territory days. So they have Jim Ross and Sonny come out and they announce the legends of St. Louis wrestling. 
and they do a little video package for each guy. Uh, they have Gene Kanitsky, Jack Briscoe, Dory Funk Jr., podcast favorite, Handsome Harley Race. Goddamn and, Harley Race. Uh, Terry Funk all come out and they have a little like it's like a minute long little video package for each guy it's very tastefully done and i like i enjoyed that part of it they have sam mushnick who was the uh promoter for st louis and luthez who one of the most famous nwa champions of all time all come out together and they just do a little thing for each guy and they give them a plaque and it's like the crowd that uh I guess Kevin Dunn, who does all the WWF production, according to Jim Cornette, was like, there's no reason to do this. No one will know who any of these guys are because he's taking the W. If it's never been on WWF TV, they don't think that it's part of wrestling history or that anyone will care about it. And uh, Jim Cornette was like, people know who Lou Thez is, you son of a bitch. And Terry Funk is wildly famous. So they end up doing it and jim Cornette's actually the guy who wrote the copy for each of these uh little video packages and overall i thought like it's like 10 minutes long and it's weird that it's in the middle of a pay-per-view but i didn't hate this segment thought it was fine yeah you know i i, I don't know shit about any of these guys but terry funk and uh, like a little bit of harley race and pulled pull yeah. a gun on hulk hogan so i love the man yep. uh, he's got the he's got the psycho sid curly hair going um and uh uh the the other funk his brother dory funk dory funk uh yeah. uh the, the only note that i had was gene kaniski has weird nipples um but he does have a nickname uh big thunder cool nickname that's a dope that is a dope that's nickname. a good nickname um but yeah it's it's cool too it's always it's always cool to honor the past and they didn't do it in a um too member berry self jerk horseshit way like they was a, like right. you said it was a very tasteful thing um i didn't get a whole lot out of it because i didn't know a lot of these guys um, right but it's 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 pretty cool oldest group of wrestlers i've ever seen in my life i would have guessed dead 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 if you showed me just the pictures of them yeah well and it was like the last remaining nwa it was like the last living nwa champions at that point it seems like there's some legends in the group too right Oh yeah, every one of these dudes is very famous like for regional wrestling for various reasons. Like Harley Race and Terry Funk are probably the most mainstream famous guys and maybe Luthez, but you're you're talking about it's weird that WWF they sort of embrace the history of wrestling, but they also don't like it's different than every other sports league cuz like in baseball they will bring out the legends and they don't assume that no one knows who any of those, any of the guys are. And even if they don't, they're still like, okay, well here's, here's the legends, you know, the, whenever it's like a, a, whenever there's a milestone, they'll bring out like the surviving members of the 69 Mets or what. And it's like, well, I don't know who any of these dudes are, but well, it's in the same league though. So like the NWA and the WWE aren't the, aren't a one-to-one thing. You know what I mean? It's so like, um, there there's there's reason to believe that they would know those you know what i mean like right i i'm sure if um dana white wouldn't be willing to pay fedor what fedor's worth 
because he'd say p- people don't know Fedor because he, he was in pride all the time. You know what I mean? So yeah. like, it's a weird yeah, I guess. thing. But they like there seemed to be a lot of reaction, even if people didn't know who all these guys were. There were only a, f- it was kind of 50-50. Everybody was getting respectful applause. They were respectful, yeah, for sure. But then you could see in the crowd some people just like looking at the cam, looking at the big sky cam, or like talking to their friend or whatever. You know, you're not going to get everybody with those segments. But it was still, it's it didn't take too long, and it wasn't overwrought, and it was different than it is now because like. Three years later, they would have done this, and then they would have had Kane come out and just and choke, choke slam, slam everybody. Yeah. Well, I was thinking the whole time, I was like, "All right, did one of these guys say I want to take a bump?" Like, right? Terry Funk definitely he wants to take one. He won't, but he 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 could have. He's probably uh, the only one in there that wrestled that year, unless like one of them's doing one, like one of the Bushwhacker doing doing wrestling in '74. Uh, there's a very funny uh, Terry Funk and Vince McMahon. I might have told the story already, but. Terry Funk and Vince McMahon have a very tenuous relationship. Uh, there's a famous story where Terry Funk was supposed to lose as part of, I think it was the Survivor Series team, and he didn't want to lose the match. And so he just wrote Vince a note that said, uh, gotta leave, gotta, got a sick horse, and he just left. Oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about that yeah. in, I think, the Royal Rumble Yeah, uh, and he, uh, he called hilarious. Vince a Yankee, a Yankee bastard. <laughs> on a live tv one time it's uh, he's wonderful terry funk i love terry funk <laughs> yeah. uh we go backstage where doc Hendricks is with the nation of domination uh because farouk is being interviewed and he tells doc Hendricks, stone cold is just another name to me uh and he doesn't give a shit he's gonna win the ic title uh farouk has a cool hat that's about all the farouk uh hot takes that i have i like his uh, his hat yeah, he's got a good hat. That's fine, you know. Yeah. Uh, we once again go back to the announce desk so that Vince McMahon can give us another update on Brian Pillman. Like, I don't know that. I mean, I, I hope not. But uh, people who have had someone that they know pass away, uh, if you're watching this, you know that the updates for these things do not come out like every 20 minutes. You know, like, but every 20 minutes we're getting an update on something to do with Brian Pillman's death. And this time, possibly the most insensitive part is there's a, there's no reason to believe that there's foul play uh, in this. In oh, this thank death. God. However, there may have oh, been, no. a, <laughs> there may have been a possible drug overdose, which Vince is quick to point out is a problem for all entertainment industries. I This is one of the like one of the dumbest things you can do PR wise is volunteer worst case one of the worst case scenarios. Worst case scenario obviously is like yeah. a Benoit situation, but like drug overdose especially for the business that Vince is in is a really bad outcome. Like well, and this is only it's like three years after he almost goes to prison for steroid distribution. Yeah. So like, why would you even offer that up and just allow, you know how many people there's probably people in the world right now, still in 2021 that believe Brian Pillman died of a drug overdose because specifically only because Vince McMahon mentioned it on in your house bad blood when they were 13 
Yeah. Well, I think, I mean, I don't know the mindset of somebody like they're all probably shook up to some degree. I think this is Vince, just like we talked about in the SummerSlam where uh, Austin gets power drived and is a me. It's like clearly almost paralyzed. And Vince is immediately trying to say like, well, we don't know that it was the power driver necessarily that did that to him. And you know, any reasonable person can tell, Hey, he's walking around fine. They do this thing to him. Suddenly he's having a real tough time. Yeah. Uh, in the same way, I think Vince is in his head being like, well, they might suspect that it's, that it's drugs or whatever. So I'm going to get out in front of it and try to be transparent. But he just said, it's a possible drug overdose. I guess if you have to, also, you're not his, his family, you're under no immediate, uh, like law or anything to divulge this information. You just have to say, Brian Pillman, unfortunately has passed away. It's a terrible tragedy. We're thinking about his family. We will provide updates when we have the, all of the information. Because like you said, speculation is the worst thing you could do. Possible drug overdose could also not be a drug overdose. And guess what? It wasn't, wasn't a drug, a drug overdose. overdose. So like it, the, you, are, you are handing the bad story to people. The, yeah. the PR 101 is hand the good story to people. Or lead the way in not speculating. Tell people, yeah. hey, this just happened. We're, we're just now getting details. I'm sure Vince would do this now. We're just now getting details where things are rolling in slowly out of respect for the family. We're not going to do any speculation until we're sure what happened. Um, we're obviously torn up about this as much as you guys are. This is a tragedy. We love Brian Pillman, all this stuff. Like say right. good things about him. Refuse to speculate. Do not offer these terrible things. Like he might as well have been like, I don't know, man, he could have could have been on a erotic asphyxiation. He could have. <laughs> He could have died shooting up a mall or trying to strangle a puppy and the puppy's mama killed him. And like, you're just throwing stuff against the wall. And like, I understand he died in a hotel. Most people who just just die in a hotel room, like there's some substance thing going on. If you look at the statistics, most likely, especially 30 early 30s men who are in good physical condition, you know what I mean? But like, you just can't speculate on television especially when you're trying not to get sued or trying not to look like the bad guy. And then we hadn't brought it up yet. And then he interviews his stinking wife on television. Like the next, was it the next week? It was the next day. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The next week is bad. The next day. Yeah. It's just, yeah. Cause it's raw. Right. So yeah, it's like, and his wife's like crying and he's like, you know, she he's trying to he's he's like some people are saying that this might have been drugs like it's like he wanted this to be drugs well he wants her to say this is all he wants her to say is this, this is isn't wrestling's fault yeah, yeah. <laughs> a thousand percent and so maybe okay so vince wanted it to be drugs so it wouldn't be steroids right he wants it to be oh, anything fuck. that's not wrestling's fault fuck. and Look, I know we can get to it later. We can get to it now. I know Brian Pillman's official cause of death is a heart condition caused by a birth defect that they didn't know he had, but he also had a enlarged heart due to painkillers and steroids that he took, but he took them as a result of pro wrestling. 
and football probably and football probably yeah but or athletics in general but the painkillers it's because of wrestling like he was in so much physical pain from the car accident well and yeah and the car accident right but he came back and he tried to wrestle too soon and there there's a story that i can share later about him and jim ross that because i want to do a whole little thing on the melanie pillman interview because that oh okay horrendous like well, did you watch the video i sent you about it oh yeah that and that's one of the i mean that's one of the worst things i've ever seen that's yeah, an indefensible horrible. vince mcmahon thing but yeah we'll they, get there we'll get to yeah, that we're gonna do, do the that. intercontinental title first <laughs> yeah they throw to farouk versus uh by, by the way unfortunately brian pillman's very good friend owen hart uh for the intercontinental title so owen hart has to wrestle this match five hours after he finds out that his friend is dead you know Jesus probably less Christ. time than that two hours after he finds out they, and i'm surprised they didn't have like a moment in well you can't really do it after kane comes out <laughs> but like i'm surprised they didn't have a moment where the heart foundation comes out like at the end and like you know, just waves to everybody and like and hugs each other and stuff like that with Brian Pillman on the screen or something like that. The next night they do a little they do a 10 bell salute for him. And then uh, there you can see guys were wearing on both shows because I remember on WCW TV, too. They were wearing uh, armbands with his initials on it. OK, well, yeah, it's WCW, but that. Yeah, that, that really stinks. I um, aside from that. Was Farouk super over? I'm sick of Farouk and and the Nation of Domination. I'm just sick of them, except for The Rock, obviously. Um, Ron Simmons is was pretty over um, in WCW, and uh, uh, he eventually gets there in WWF as part of the APA, where he's like he goes back to being called Ron Simmons. And Damn, he's just a he, right. He's just a dude mm-hmm. that like kicks ass and drinks beer and all that. Um, but at this point, I not really, you know, I just don't like stuck. the I don't like the fruit character. Yeah, he's stuck in the mid card, and again, it's still better than like the weird gladiator gimmick that they were giving him, but um, it's still not great. So I wouldn't say Farouk is wildly over, but that's uh also going to not be uh a big deal because uh he has to wrestle owen hart clearly owen hart is winning this match yeah you're you're building it back to him versus stone cold steve austin yeah for sure there's no way what if farouk won this match (laughs) uh so i i like owen hart coming out once again he's got the the owen 316 shirt he looks very serious but he still has both slammies because he's a he's a professional till the end yeah, he's got uh, the. He, I think he does. He have the Canadian flag in one hand and two yeah, slammies in the other hand. Yeah, he's just going for everything he can get in this yeah. match. Uh, they have Stone Cold Steve Austin come out to a gigantic pop, and it's like he's going to do commentary on the match with the guy who broke his neck. What could go wrong at this point? Yeah, uh, why wouldn't you put him out there? Uh, you, you you gotta as much as you can. Did you see the lady behind Stone Cold? Whenever uh, he's coming out and she's trying to get a picture of him and she is freaking out whenever he walks by. No, I didn't, I didn't yeah, see she's, it. She's, she's trying to get like her like disposable camera 
to a position where she could take a picture of Steve Austin, but he's like, he keeps moving, you know, and she's like freaking out about trying to get this picture. Yeah. That's uh, awesome. Yeah. The, uh, I, uh, <laughs> I had to get up and go to the bathroom during this match. And so Sarah took some notes for me. Uh, and one of her notes is Farouk's hat is very cool. He looks very strong. And that's a, that's a good note. Well, he tell me, where's the lie? Where's um, the lie? Austin sits down and they're like looking at him and he yells, start yeah. wrestling, you piece of trash. <laughs> He's dude. This I was match, too low two months ago. Yeah. You know, goddamn well, I was too low. The whole, match bitch. Is, the whole match is just an angle for Austin to run amok. Cause like first he, he wants King's headset, but then uh, they can't get him one. And so then he can't sit down cause he doesn't want to take the King's chair. So then he goes and sits in another chair and they give him a different headset. Yeah. But he, like, it sounds like he's on the production headset and he's just talking to a guy in the production truck. He's like, can y'all hear me out here? This, this, this match is terrible. I'm the best. I was too low. It's like, <laughs> He's, uh, and then he goes to the Spanish announce table and he starts talking to Tito Santana and he's all, and he's just like, uh, everything's, o- everything's okay. Ombre. And, like all this weird and he's, he's saying the five Spanish words he knows. And then, yeah. uh, and then he cuts a like 32nd perfect Steve Austin promo and goes, moves on to the French announce table. Yeah. There's no Spanish announce table. There's no Spanish announce, uh, person whose name is Steve. <laughs> Sorry, no. Austin. That's not your table. No, he well then he he puts he puts the French uh he he takes one of the French guys things and he's like the first thing he says I don't speak French yeah <laughs> I think we would have guessed that Steve if you if you started breaking out perfect French it might have ruined the Stone Cold character um yeah. he's like I'll be in Montreal soon and he's like where's Survivor Series it's in Montreal right yeah I'll be in Montreal soon I'll be there to stomp a mud hole in somebody's ass <laughs> <laughs> that's I don't even care about the wrestling in this match uh, who cares. Yeah, none of the wrestling is for anything because they know nobody's looking at Farouk and Owen Hart. They could be having a 10-star match yeah. and no one no one is looking at them. So ultimately, we get Austin hitting Farouk with the title belt so that Owen Hart can win the title. And the the again, this is one of those things where it's like, clearly that's not Sting. Clearly that's not whatever. And the announcers, they're baffled by the fact that Austin would do this. And it's like, well, clearly he wants to fight the dude who broke his neck yeah they were saying uh, I, I think they said like i don't get it or like i, I don't understand why i do that or something it's like no he what are you are you guys <laughs> dense like yeah and this is another thing this is a thing where like i get that announcers are supposed to act baffled at things they understand because they're smart to the business a lot of the time so they they can't be like oh they did that because they want to work this angle and all this shit but in right. that scenario that's where you hand the story to the people like, cause the, the, I mean, the people are obviously going to know still, like, it's not like people are confused at this point. There's some dumb right. people watching this, but it, not, most of them aren't confused. And he's like, but that's where you go. Oh, Austin, he, he's determined to fight. Owen. Oh, he wants to fight the man who broke his neck. Like you start setting up the match because there's right. eventually obviously going to be a match once he can feel his fingertips. So like, <laughs> <laughs> so you have to. Like you, you don't go. Why would he do that? <laughs> yeah, that's one of the ones where it's like it's okay to give the audience the the thing that they're 
clearly on board for because like no one is confused by the mo- by the motives of Steve Austin. So you can be like, what a sly move by Austin to force Owen Hart to wrestle him, you know, yeah. because Owen Hart doesn't want to wrestle him. And like Farouk and Steve Austin don't have beef. He didn't, he's, he wasn't too low when he wrestled Farouk. So Mm-mm. it's not like that matters. Um, well, and Austin did it in, a ba- in the most badass way too. He, he, he slams him. He clangs him in the head with the, with the belt. Farouk is out, is dead. Uh, Owen gets one, two, and about at three, you see the, you see the, uh, the belt fly into the ring. So yeah. he he smashed him with it, and he like said, you know, are you a cocksucker or whatever he does, and then he just chucked the belt into the ring and walked off. It was perfect. Yeah. It's uh, he could do no wrong. Every every instinct Steve Austin had in 1997 is the right instinct for his character. Well, yeah, for he nailed he nailed the cool pocket. Yeah. If there's other people getting the cool credit at the time, yeah. especially they're like the they, they're not in yeah. that cool pocket, like a Stone Cold's Evergreen. Yeah. Uh, we do a they do a video package on last week's Raw, which sees the Patriot getting figure forward around the ring post by the Hart Foundation, uh, because they don't give a shit about the Patriot. And uh, Vader runs out and he tries to help the Patriot, and they attack Vader with the with the flag, and then beat him up, and then cover them both in the Canadian flag because nationalism is uh the main angle in 1997 yeah it's a it's an odd thing but i it, like like we talked about uh, can, canada versus usa nationalism is safe nationalism um yes. i forgot to mention about the the owen hart thing i wanted to ask you uh there's there's two things owen hart kept uh, the good good uh heel heat he kept saying i did this all by myself when clearly steve austin knocked out right me. but he also said and I wonder if this was on purpose or if he was just going stream of consciousness and accidentally ripped his brother's fucking uh, uh, saying. But he was like, I did this all by myself. I'm a two time Slammy Award winner, two time Intercontinental Intercontinental Champion. I'm the best there is, the best there was and the best there ever will be. Did you notice he said that? Yeah, I wonder if they were. I wonder if they were planning on because at this point, they don't think Brett is leaving WWF. So. I wonder if they were setting up a thing where they turn Owen or they turn Brett. Like, cause like you said, they can't do the heart foundation Canada versus us thing forever. It's got, oh, so maybe they're going to do Brett versus Owen eventually again. Cause haven't yeah, they done it before, okay. before this? Yeah. They did it in the mid nineties. So it's like, but you got to spin it somewhere. So what's the, where do you take it from there? You know, maybe you start to tease the dissension or, Owen was just kind of out of it and he just said, yeah, so said. that's, that, that's, that's actually a really good explanation. I didn't think about your, that angle um, that they were actually going to uh, do it for a feud. I thought it was just, like I said, he was doing a stream of consciousness and just accidentally yeah. said his brother's line. Like he started to say, I am the best. And just his mind went into stinking yeah. uh, muscle memory almost. Um, okay. So uh, I hate to, I hate to tell you about on this show, uh, Andrew, Unfortunately, Brian Pillman did pass away. Um, Word? Yeah. um, Not not a good thing that came out of it because there are no good things. Mm -hmm. A thing, the make good WWF wants to give you as the customer. Oh, I'm sure this is going to be so great. An eight-man tag between the Disciples of Apocalypse uh, and Los Barricos. 
we just saw this match at SummerSlam. And it wasn't good. And it wasn't good then. And uh, spoiler alert, it's not good now. It's no better now than it yeah. ever was. I, I, I literally, I, my, my note is I want to skip this match. Um, the Los Bariquas looked like they were camping or something. And then they got the call. They're like, we need you for this match. And so they had to like run to the Keel Arena. Yeah, the guy was on the phone. He's like, oh, Sadio? Yeah. <laughs> they were just getting ready to make s'mores and they just <laughs> turn and they had to like turn they had to turn around and head to St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, and do you have anything about the match? Like <laughs> not really. There's uh blue jeans versus black jeans is really the uh the problem here. How else the, are you gonna tell the difference? You know what I mean? They all look well, the same, don't they? Yeah, well the the DOA have black jeans. The Bariquas have blue jeans, and that can't stand. They're they're the cats and dogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> that is true. That is the the whole crux of the beef. Um, the announcers don't even care about this match because, again, the whole match they're just talking about the death of Brian Pillman. And it's like no one's forcing you to do that. You just keep bringing it up. Yeah. Uh. So the this match ends. There's nothing. This match is negative space. Like yeah. <laughs> it finally ends. It should not uh, have ex- existed. No, it's in the phantom zone. Crush hits a tilt the world backbreaker on one of the Bariqua guys for the win. This took nine minutes and 11 seconds. I didn't know whether to call this shenanigans because I think, and I, I ended up actually calling it shenanigans because I think they intended for it to be shenanigans. The, it's like chain. It's like skull or eight ball. I, t- I hit the one guy in the back of the head. Right? Yeah, he gets thrown against. He gets thrown against the 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 ropes, and as he gets thrown against the ropes, one of the Dio, one of the sons of anarchy, hits him in the back of the head, and then he runs into the finishing move. So like, yeah. it's lazy shenanigans. It's stupid shenanigans. But I feel like it's. I feel like that is shenanigans. I mean, you're the arbiter. So I'll, yeah, I'll well, there's a couple you. of tough ones for me on this yeah. on this uh, like the the Austin one. This is the thing about the Austin one. The Austin one was shenanigans, but it was good right. in, in my opinion. It was good shenanigans. Yeah, uh, it was it was well executed. It furthered the storyline better than a clean. It was better than a clean uh, win would have done for any, anybody. Yeah, in this one, who cares? Like, I don't even want to. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to like include it in the thing because who right. cares? But um. I ended up because because I believe their idea was that, you know, we're going to have a shenanigan move. Um, uh, I ended up adding it to the tally. I mean, it's got to be you got to be fair across the board. Yeah, know? it's some of these are hard. Some yeah. are real hard because like Steve Austin shenanigans are top shelf shenanigans, but they remain shenanigans. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah. And and I think uh, going forward. I'm going to revisit the idea of a two man tag move being inherently shenanigans. If it's past the five seconds, um, because while it's against the shenanigans and outside of the rules aren't synonymous. Right. I think it's within the spirit of tag team wrestling to have two man moves. Um, and I don't want to say that they make matches worse um, right. or make or make outcomes more muddy. You know what I mean? Yeah. So going forward, I think I'm going to um, 
be a little bit more lenient on two man tag moves um, like the doomsday device and shit. Right. So. I would say that that's in my mind. That's yeah. how I would. That's how I would. Delineate. Yeah. If it's a two man tag move, that's within the body of a match that is not overtly cheating. Like they're not doing it onto a chair or onto like a title belt or something. And they didn't knock the ref out to do it. And right. stuff like if it, the same you you can do the same move at the same time. If you knock the ref out uh, to do it, it is shenanigans because that's what you're trying to portray. Right. If you didn't knock the ref to out, to, yeah. If the ref watched yeah. it happen and stuff, then that's just a wrestling move. There's there's yeah. some gray area going on there. Yeah. Um. Then we have Bret Hart come out and cut an uh, another awesome promo. These are the best promos of Bret Hart's career as a heel, cutting these promos on the United States. Uh, because it's very funny like he doesn't he's very careful to not talk shit about america the idea he just keeps saying you american wrestling fans so it's very particular in who his criticism is about and i think that that's that's a fun nuance of the character is he's not mad at the united states of america he's mad at american wrestling fans that he feels don't appreciate him and have turned their back on him yeah, uh, and, and he that said, makes it a fun character. He said that uh, he thinks that they can beat any two Americans out there and stuff like that. Um, there's some fire in his voice, man. He's he's really working hard. And this like this is he's been at the very essentially at the top of the um, he's been in the biggest storyline for a little bit. Not always in the main event, like when him and Austin were running, they were in the like co-main basically for a while and stuff, too. But this is kind of a backseat match um for a while and he freaking works his butt off yeah uh they they announced that they've changed the rules of this match because normally a traditional flag match is they have the flags on opposing corners and you have to climb the flag or you have to climb up and grab the flag and that's how you can win uh but they've taken it to where you can either get the flag or you can pin or you can uh get a submission and the announcers are quick to point out that it seems this rule change happened because no one has faith that Vader can actually climb the flagpole to try to get the flag down. Uh, yeah. They mentioned it quite a few times. Like they've got a problem with how big Vader is. Yeah. And, and he couldn't. Um, no, that, that is true. But I don't know. I don't know the benefit of pointing out. Like <laughs> he's a sack wrestler, of shit. Yeah, our wrestler's too fat to climb to the top rope to get a flat. We're not confident that he could do that in a way that is safe. Yeah, and I th- I think there was I mean, this eventually turned into like a submission match for a while. Like they just kept trying to submit each other over and over. So I wonder if they were like, you know, this would be a way better match if we can tease yeah. some pinfalls and tease yeah, some submissions and shit. Because flag matches generally suck. They're not. Course, yeah, because what are you doing? Like, I mean, you try. I guess you try to incapacitate him and then climb the flag. But like, um, the best version of that's a, a belt match. I mean, a, a, a belt match, a ladder match. Right. Uh, but flag matches are like it's kind of the flaccid ladder match. You know what I mean? Yeah, because there's no real inherent because we see guys fall off the top rope all the time. So there's no added element of danger by like the height of it or whatever. So you said that it was. Um, how how long before this was the European title match with Bulldog and Shawn Michaels? So this is the beginning of October. That was the last. This is like two weeks ago. So it's like uh, September twentieth is the uh, one night only pay per view, and this is October fifth. So it's 
he loses uh, British Bulldog loses for the European title in front of his wife, his his kids and his uh, sister with cancer. Well, no, not his kids, right? His wife, his, his mom, mom, his sister, his sister. with cancer. Yeah. And the country of England. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and in his home, in his hometown, not just not yeah. just in England. He loses in his actual hometown. Two weeks later, yeah. he is representing Canada <laughs> in, in a flag <laughs> match. Yeah. They should have put a third one up there with the British flag. He should be his own working on his own thing. Why is he in the Canada <laughs> uh, stable? He's a British he's, yeah. guy. His brother-in-law, you know, isn't Pillman American, too? Yeah, but he trained in Canada. He trained with the Hart family. Oh, in the dungeon? Yeah. And he, um, he wrestled in Canada for a while. So anyway, it's just weird. Uh yeah. <laughs> so the Patriot comes out to Kurt Angle's music. He does come out to Kurt Angle's music. This is the first use of that music. I was so bummed because I was he like, did, man, that wasn't written the, for Kurt Angle. And we didn't get the you sucks that I'm like, it's built into my brain. Oh, yeah. I hear that music now. The band. It makes you know. it so much better, even though it's a good, good one anyway. Um, I'm so glad that was wasted on the Patriot. Who, by the yeah. way, this was his last appearance in the WWF. Uh, yeah. WWF. Unsurprising. Um, <laughs> did you did you notice they do a little backstage promo with the Patriot and uh, Vader, and the Patriot can't. He's not looking at the hard camera. He's looking at like a different camera. <laughs> so I don't know if the mask is such that he can't tell where the hard camera is, but he's looking like slightly askew <laughs> camera, and it's very strange. And then Vader's like, "We're gonna beat the shit out of you, bro!" <laughs> and the announcers are like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa!" Vader's supposed to be the baby face in this one. Somebody yeah. talked to Vader. He's supposed to be nicer in this. <laughs> and they were like, "Uh." Clearly, he hasn't learned any manners or whatever. <laughs> like, and well, and then they walk out, and Vince, because we we've talked about this already, Vince yelled, "And here comes the Mastodon!" <laughs> because yep. if you're listening, Vince really wanted Vader to become the Mastodon. He wanted to call him the Mastodon, and they shut it down and kept him as Van as Vader because he's a famous wrestler named Vader. Yeah. And uh, but. This is like the second or third time that we've heard Vince work Mastodon into a pay-per-view. <laughs> He's just, he really thinks that it'll get over. Yeah. Um. This match is okay. It is way too long for my taste. Yeah. Is it an ODQ match? It is because it's a flag match. Yeah, so because like, they, they kept saying the only way you can win is to get the flag now pin Paul over submission. So yeah. DQ. So is, okay. You, so you can only win these ways. So then you can't lose these other ways. I yeah, guess so is kind of the, imp the implication. Not counted in the shenanigans counter. Right. Okay. A non-applicable. Yeah. Uh, but they, they, I just think it's so weird. Like the, the match is supposed to be about how much we love the flags. And then they use the flags as weapons the whole time. Very disrespectful to the flags of both countries, really, uh, to use the flagpole to hit another dude in the solar plexus. I think it's fucking dope. Yeah. I mean, you can't get more wrestling than that you know what i mean it's true uh there's a point in the match where vader does like a sit down uh but bret hart goes for a sunset flip and then can't get vader over and then vader just sits down on bret hart and jerry the king lawler goes oh no <laughs> he done smished him uh, we get my favorite spot in 1997 yet again uh bret hart figure four 
around the ring post on the Patriot always looks cool to me. Always looks cool, yeah. I enjoy and it. He gets he gets the uh, Patriot in in the sharpshooter, and uh, for the fifteenth time this year, the first no one's guy ever broke to... out of it, bro. No one's ever broke out of it. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear a thing about it. Hey, I said it to myself when when uh, the Patriot flips it over. I went the first guy to reverse the sharpshooter. <laughs> Just watching it alone yeah. your, in your in your room. Uh, yeah, the there's also uh, another mention of Vader being a mastodon. Got to we're up to two mastodons. Oh, he says it a second time. I didn't he hear the second one. Um, the ref, even though this is a no DQ match, like the ref has no control in this match guys are just in and out guys are hitting each other with weapons and every single guy in this match i don't know what happened they all look exhausted dude (laughs) made her gassed hard yeah uh they they, he was throwing some of his bullshit terrible looking punches (laughs) and like you can tell it on bro dude he is gassed on fuck yeah dude (laughs) fuck yeah i I locked that one up there you you. handed me that one you alley i ooped uh yeah, it's there. There, I mean, it it involves Bret Hart, so it was a, it was a, a, it was a watchable wrestling match. It wasn't my favorite Bret Hart match by any stretch, but it was a watchable wrestling match for sure. Yeah, it doesn't ever dip into super bad territory because Bret's in it, and he can kind of be the glue that holds the thing together. Yeah, but like, this is the Patriots' last appearance, like you said, and. He's he's beat up and he's broken down and he had wrestled in Japan a ton and his shoulder was all messed up and he took a really bad bump on his shoulder in this match uh, while he was trying to get the flag. At one point, he got thrown off the top rope. And so it's just a rough match all the way around. Then a fan decides that he wants to get involved and British Bulldog delights it looks like and kicking the shit out of this dude that tries to get in the ring. Uh, Hey, don't get in the ring. What are you doing? You're lucky. Ever. It wasn't Vader. Like he yeah. throws bullshit punches, but God damn. Yeah. Um, uh, we got a Vader, Vader moonsault. Yeah. That's a, that was a big Vader move back in the day was he, he him and uh bam, bam Bigelow were both big dudes that could do moonsaults. And I, I prefer Vader's moonsault to Bam Bam Bigelow. You'll recognize Bam Bam Bigelow as the bad one of the bad guys in Major Pain. Yeah, now on Netflix, Major Pain. Check it out. I I watched the trailer, the little like uh, clip because I didn't know it was on there, and it just ended up I was on it, and they showed the little clip from it, and even that had me laughing. Yeah. It was yeah. Uh, whenever he's watering them. Whatever they're uh, <laughs> he's like, uh, unroot yourself, turds. <laughs> it's so good. When, uh, when the, the kid the kids laughing, he's like, "What's what's happened? You find a piece of candy in your pocket?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> one tubby, one tubby, tubby. <laughs> uh, Bam Bam Bigelow, terrible head tattoo. Holy shit. Yeah, I I always joke that I'll get the Bam Bam Bigelow flames tattooed on my head. Yeah, um, it's so bad. Spoiler alert, I will not be getting that tattoo on my head. They, unless we get a million subscribers. Yeah, did it's you like, guys hear that? A million a subs. Million. And Dusty's a bald man, so yeah, you can't That's he, the reason why. He can't go ahead and then just grow his hair out. If I said that, I could just grow my hair out. Uh and just but I'd have to like 
I don't have the best hairline, so I'd have to I'd have to, have to strategically place this tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> but oh man, but, a million subs, guys! Come on, let's do it. You got to get the Undertaker's neck tattoo. If we get a million subs, I'll get Sarah, which is your girlfriend's yeah. name, which is even weirder and spared and spelled the same way. Yeah. Uh, no, you got to get the Cody Rhodes American Nightmare neck tattoo. That's awful. What is, what was he doing? Like I don't. That's your neck, dog. Like I think some neck tattoos are cool. <laughs> yeah. But that it is re- it's really bad. I I don't know. Who I he has him a, into that. He has a whole entourage of dudes. I can't believe that one of those dudes didn't go, "Hey man, you're supposed to be the face of this company and you're like you have aspirations to be an actor and to be on TV and to be the face of this company." Don't get this neck tattoo. And this is the this is the most famous you've ever been in your life. <laughs> yeah, uh, this is not Stardust. You yeah. are a legit famous person now. Don't get the like Pete Davidson is having all of his tattoos removed because it's so hard for him to get roles in movies because they have like, two hours of cover up makeup for him. Yeah, that's why he's getting them all taken off. Uh, and by the way says the tattoo removal process infinitely more painful than getting a tattoo yeah i heard so, it sucks yeah so think about your tattoo well it's a laser dog it's like a needle hurts but a laser yeah but you're this is also a guy with a this is also a guy with a, a mr rogers wu-tang mashup tattoo talking to a guy with a mr meeseeks tattoo so who are we just who are we to talk about you know what i mean oh yeah i mean do whatever you want but think about it. I <laughs> yeah. thought about my Meeseeks tattoo. That is true. I, I thought about gonna, my Wu-Tang tattoo. Yeah, I'm never not going to think this uh, Meeseeks tattoo is either funny or poignant, depending <laughs> on how Existence is pain, you know. Uh, <laughs> put the To put uh, this match out of its misery and pain, uh, the end sees the Patriot uh, do a roll-up on Bret Hart. Bret reverses the roll-up and grabs the tights for the win, at 23 minutes and 13 seconds, which about six or seven minutes too long for me. But I agree. Uh, I think it could have been it could have been a, a way better match if it wasn't so long. Yeah. Uh, but still, Bret Hart's in it. It's uh, it's got that enjoyable factor. Um, the I wasn't keeping a tally, but the nut punch tally on this match must have been off the charts. There were three low blows. Um, every, every time somebody tried to grab the flag. The defense is to low blow that person. Yeah, I think I could have gone three and a half with it uh, because yeah. there was one really hilarious moment where Vader tried to low blow Bret Hart, but just punched him in the butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's too he was, funny. It's too funny to give him negative marks for. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's trying to surprise him. He thinks he's going for the nuts, but it's a butt punch. Dude, you ever been punched in the butt? It reverberates all the way up your spine, <laughs> dog. You feel it at the top of your head. Yeah. That's the sciatica, dude. Yeah. And, Whoa. That's the sound yeah. you make. <laughs> or like you've been at the roller rink and then you fall just straight on, oh, your, man. on your butt. You immediately get tired. Like yeah. you don't want you just don't want to do this anymore. There was a girl I used to work with who broke her coccyx. Oh god. So hey, she, by the way, rename that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the tailbone for yeah. everybody listening. Uh and then she had to wear she had to like sit on a donut at work and i (laughs) like she was very self-conscious about it so i tried very hard to not laugh which i don't think i ever did but i in my head was like you have to appreciate how funny (laughs) 
this visual is the like, the, the sitting donut is the is the uh the surgery cone for humans <laughs> right like uh, if if that ever happens to me i invite you make all the jokes you want because it is very funny to imagine that someone has to bring like an inflatable donut to sit on uh, even though i heard I, even though i heard breaking your tailbone uh, hurts terribly and i can imagine yeah it's I, I, there's almost nothing you can do about it you always got to sit you know what are you gonna do sand all the time i know somebody broke their tailbone when they were pregnant which is oh. that sounds horrible um yeah but yeah this uh, yeah the, the 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 butt punch was 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 very funny very funny um so we get a promo for the hell in the cell where they promise no way out of this cage i think you might be surprised uh yeah an unsinkable yeah. ship yeah so your hubris is what yeah. really is it's your hubris is the true hell in the cell yeah uh, Shawn unless, Michaels, a, unless a demon brother shows up but who <laughs> could even conceive of that happening right who among us yeah. could imagine <laughs> uh sean michaels they're backstage it's him and hunter and china and rick rude the uh, as of as of yet unnamed dx they get the official name the following night because Bret hart calls them a bunch of degenerates and so uh, okay okay but right now they're just uh the good time gang or whatever you want to call them yeah uh, but Dude. sean cuts a obviously over the top not obnoxious promo where he says that he's so thankful that his coveted european championship is not on the line so he doesn't have that to worry about if i'm the british bulldog i'm livid at the at the fact because it seemed like to the british bulldog this actually mattered to him he's like an ambassador and shit <laughs> and he has to lose to punk ass Shawn michaels and then michaels is just making jokes at the uh at the expense of the belt well and the 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 belt has been neutralized basically at this point because the the, the title switches hands but it's not included in the the champion's storyline at all right right so it just completely they just neutralized the belt for no reason yeah uh you want to <laughs> guess who wins the title next the European title? Yeah. Uh, Kane. Triple H. Triple H. <laughs> Wait, how? Does he does he vacate? Does Shawn Michaels vacate? No, they run an angle on Raw where they're like, Shawn Michaels is being all obnoxious and they're like, oh, you have a 30-day limit where you have to defend your, inner, your European title, you know? <laughs> and he's like, ooh, who are you going to have me face? And they're like, you have to wrestle Triple H. And they do a big like, whoa. And, they and he just lays they, down for him. Yeah, they pretend to be mad, and then they do like they may they have a they have a joke match, and then Sean lets Hunter pin him, and then they act like he won the Super Bowl. So again, you're just shitting on this belt that you've just created. Wasn't the there benefit. a 30 day time limit Hulk Hogan angle? Yeah, that, I mean that's a fucking that's Christ. an easy. They used to always say the champion the championship has to be defended every 30 days, but people um, didn't really keep track of that. Yeah, you know. But it's an easy way to make an unannounced title match make sense by just going like, hey, man, you have because who's going to go back and count out the days? You know, somebody, the, somebody, somebody. Will. Sure. No, but, seriously, I'm telling you, it was 32 <laughs> days. 
Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Even if you don't count Labor Day. Yeah. Are we talking business or regular <laughs> days? Uh, uh, did you notice at the end of that promo they cut Triple H off? No, I didn't notice that. So Sean finishes and they the camera stays on him and Sean's like like looking around like kind of yeah. uh like doesn't know what to do and he's like oh he points at Hunter he's like like you you go something to say he doesn't say that but that's the look he right. gives him and Hunter like I think he has his arm around uh China and he starts pointing like to and he's like oh. and then they they, they cut I, I the camera. Remember that. Yeah. Where's the video package? God damn it. <laughs> So we we cut to that video package uh, that shows once again the Shawn Michaels just laying it in with these chair shots to the Undertaker. No, just smoking like, his ass. <laughs> yeah, every single time uh, because they the 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 story is that like uh, Undertaker might have forgiven Shawn if he showed some sort of like uh, penance or uh, regret for what he had done at SummerSlam and Sean like toys with it for a second and then he just smokes the Undertaker with the chair again <laughs> and then every time that they're fighting he gets out of he gets out of the Undertaker's clutches and then just bashes him in the head with a chair uh, and so then Sean comes out and uh, you could say a lot of different stuff about Shawn Michaels gear that he wears uh, this particular outfit is it's like particularly egregious because it does the top doesn't cover anything <laughs> at all like his nips are hanging out you can see everything why even wear this it's just covering one arm and like one shoulder i don't understand fashion that's he's a heart the he's a heartbreak kid that's he's he's definitely not my boy toy yeah you know it's not for me um the Undertaker has a particularly cool entrance uh, for this one, I thought, like where there's lightning and uh, a few different effects that they do while he's walking out. Uh, the Hell in the Cell looks cool. I think it's better. I think it's better than the Big Blue Cage. I like the Hell in the Cell. I think it does look better concept. than the Big Blue Big Blue Cage for sure. Um, did you watch the the promo, the thing that I sent you from Jim Cornette, where he's talking about uh, the idea of the of the cage? And all yeah. of that. So it's, it, I can't imagine anybody who listens to this podcast does not know what a hell in a cell looks like. But uh, WWF cages typically used to be they were on the ring apron and then they would be, they would be up on four sides and you could climb over the top or you could climb through the door. The hell in a cell is a takeoff of the Memphis territory cage, which was like a chain link kind of mesh cage that encompassed the whole ringside area. So you could still get out of the ring and wrestle on the floor. And then they said, oh, we should put a top on the cage, which is a concept from the, the old games. Yeah. cages so that no one can escape and no one can get in. Because then, uh, in wrestling, cage matches used to be like, this is it. This is the pinnacle of this feud. Like the heel has been running from the baby face for so long. We're locking them in this cage and one dude is coming out. And yeah. that's how we that's how we resolve this issue. So I thought it looked cool. It was a new thing for WWF. I like the fact that there's uh, an area around the ring that they can fight. I think it gives the guys more options for like spots and things to do and visually just looks cooler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 definitely cooler. And it um, it doesn't look as rinky dink. It looks like a big imposing thing it's a lot more impressive you know what i mean yeah um and then it gives them the opportunity to get on top of it i'm sure that blew some people's minds when they did it 
Um, well, and, Andrew, there's, there's no way out, though. That is true. So they're, they're never getting out of this until the match no. is over. I forgot about that. Never mind. They lock somebody in. So yeah. uh, this match starts fast, and it's just the Undertaker kicking the dog shit out of Shawn Michaels for the early part of this match. And Shawn is bumping all over the place for Undertaker. It looks awesome. Everything uh sean everything undertaker does to sean michaels looks like it kills him yeah uh, and there's a fan who called sean michaels a very bad word i it does not surprise me yeah he uh, says kill that very bad word sure uh, uh kill, kill that him. kill, kill him. that <laughs> kill that not nice man yeah uh, uh did i ever tell you the story when i was a kid and i heard the word bastard on the playground for the first time and i didn't know what it meant and me and my mom were watching a movie later like that weekend and there was like a sword fight where the good guy was fighting and uh we were watching it and i go kill that bastard <laughs> and my mom freaked out because she didn't know that i knew that word and it's not a particularly terrible word but it's still not a good word to call somebody and uh i, I was like 10 and so she was like hey we don't say that word uh yeah, I called Pete Rose a pussy when I was watching uh I was watching baseball when I was a kid or like yeah. him talk or something. Um did not know what that meant. Yeah. Uh didn't uh, my parents were cool like Kathy. So like uh, they weren't like did you, what did you say? They were just like yeah. what did you just say? What? Yeah. He's a he's a pussy. Yeah. And I found uh, out what a pussy means. <laughs> right. That's uh but I always think of that whenever I think of little kids cursing and it's yeah. very funny. Uh, but yeah, don't call people that word. That's the, that's one not to do. Yeah. Uh, Fuck. But uh, Shawn Michaels, I mean, they wrestle this match smart. Cause like the undertaker if in a straight up fight, it's always going to look like he's going to beat up Shawn Michaels. So he's just like, he's ramming Shawn into the cage and he's pissed. And so it plays off of that. Especially and heel then, Shawn Michaels. Yeah, he should be getting his ass kicked. Like the the primary thing that Hill Shawn Michaels is good at is like taking bumps and making the other guy's offense look really good. Yeah. Um, and then Shawn cuts him off. Like uh, he gets thrown into the ring, and Undertaker's trying to get in the ring, and Shawn pushes him off of the apron into the cage. So like that's a believable way that Shawn Michaels can take over on the undertaker by uh, using his speed and then using the cage as an object, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so he throws him into the end of the cage and then he hits a tope out of the ring and then he climbs the side of the cage and hits an elbow drop on the floor. Like all of that stuff looks really cool. The elbow drop thing was sick. Uh, yeah. He like climbs up above him and then like kind of just kicks off the wall and lands a perfect elbow drop on top of the, the undertaker. It was really cool. Yeah, this is also like a very good way for Shawn Michaels to showcase his like athleticism and how great uh, like a wrestler he is because he's using the environment in a very cool way. Yeah, very creative. I was thinking about that as well, where um, I wonder I wonder if they had access to the cage at all. I mean, to the cell at all before, like if they had it, if they could work in it and mess around and uh, and practice or if they were just like fucking go out there and do it. Oh yeah, I don't know. I I would think you'd want to I mean, I'm not a wrestler or an athlete, so I don't know how to get in the headspace of that, but like if I just walked out there and saw this giant cage that they'd built, I might be like, "Oh shit. 
Uh, when, was, since you're working everything, you want to know, okay, I can fall here. This is the best yeah. spot. This is where you throw me. When you throw me on my back, make sure I don't hit any of these bars or make sure I do hit the bars, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I, I feel like you'd want to get your bearings and that can only help you. But I just don't know if resource wise they could set it up for him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I know for the first elimination chamber, the guys didn't get to do anything in it beforehand. And they realized the outside of the ring uh, metal grate stuff was like hard as hell. And yeah. uh, Chris Jericho tells the story in his book, like the first time he took a bump on that, he was like, fuck this. <laughs> like, I will not be, I will not be doing that again. Uh, Shawn Michaels power drives the undertaker on the stairs, yeah. which is an awesome looking spot. And again, like we talked about the best utilization of the stairs is you do something where it makes the stairs make a giant noise. Cause that really sells the fat. Like, I don't know why it does, but in my brain, I'm like, Oh man, that hurt way more just because it's it's super loud yeah it sounded and one of the announcers were like you heard his skull bounce off of it and it's like it wasn't his skull but it could have easily passed as his skull like it was a it was it, yeah. it sounded like it could have been that did you uh so sean michaels had a hard time getting undertaker up to do that tombstone or to do that pile driver and um as he's picking him up the first time he's really straining and i'm get i'm guessing the crowd was giving him a hard time because he goes He's got him like halfway up and he goes, shut up. <laughs> and then he, no, and then they start that. to fall over and then he repicks him up and pile drives him. Um, no, that's very funny. Yeah. Like, you, you get in here and do it. Yeah. He's <laughs> fucking huge. <laughs> he's huge. And he's dead. It's all dead weight. <laughs> uh, Shawn Michaels smokes the undertaker again with another chair, just right on his head. Just yeah. Come Mark. Just- Mark doesn't know algebra. Anymore. Fuck city, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, real bad. Uh, then we start to, to remember the cane shit because he's back there, <laughs> right? Oh man, oh did I burn? Did I really burn down the funeral? I might have actually fucking done that. Yeah. Uh, we get to the part of the match that's probably most famous. Uh, it starts where Michaels gets backdropped over the top rope and he lands on a cameraman. And Sean is really good at throwing this like temper tantrum. Like he's pissed the cameraman was there and he starts kicking the shit out of the cameraman. Yeah. Uh, so, and I thought this was very clever. Like they have to, uh, they have to figure out a way to get them out of the cage. And so how do you do that is the cameraman is injured and they need to get that guy out. Cause he's a civilian. So they come in and they're bringing him out, but that means they open the door. So Shawn Michaels hits a super kick on the undertaker who sits up and Sean is like, well, that was it. And he just like, I'm, I'm probably going to die now. <laughs> yeah, So that was my best shot. So he leaves through the cage. Uh, but that actually makes it much worse for Shawn Michaels because the Undertaker follows him out there. And then it's just throwing him into the cage on the outside of the ring. Yeah. Like three or four times, he just battering reigns him into the cage and then slingshots him into the cage uh, for a very cool visual shot where like Sean lands on the cage and like sticks almost. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sean climbs the the cell, and now the crowd is like, "Oh, we don't know what's gonna happen. Like somebody could die." Well, We're, like, and w- he's now got blood coming down his face. Yeah, and he, uh, this was the first time I actually saw the blade. I saw it happen. Oh, really? Yeah. So right before the first time Undertaker slings him into the fence, yeah. Shawn Michaels has both hands at his forehead. And uh-huh. like one of them, you can tell he's cutting his forehead. 
and then he gets slung against the fence and he already has blood coming down his face um it was subtle like unless like you're not going to see it live at all like i i I had to rewind to see it because now every time i see blood i'm like seeing if i can find it you know what i mean yeah um but it ends up being fucking it's everywhere yeah uh so now you've got the blood and there's an element of real danger. Plus, it's a thing nobody's ever seen before. This is the first Hell in a Cell match. So, like, the crowd is really into this. Oh, yeah, Sean, for sure. Sean climbs to the top. Undertaker meets him up there. And Sean gets backdropped on to the cell. And then he gets gorilla press slammed, which was really cool looking. And actually still kind of gave me anxiety. Like, I know everything's fine. Yeah. But just watching a dude up that high be pressed even higher where it's like you need body control you need that other guy to not slip like there's a lot that could go wrong yeah that was scary uh, but uh, you also see Shawn michaels very smartly like whenever he's taking those bumps like he's always putting a hand down first and then he's gripping the cage like he's expecting okay if the cage breaks i've at least got a hold of something so i'm not free falling down mm-hmm. you know so he's like lessening his impact each time but uh sean's a smaller dude and they did not design that cage to break the way they did the hell in the cell with mick foley and the undertaker so they designed that one to break so mick going through the cage was was planned so this is only stuff that i've now learned i guess if you listen to mick if you listen to mick he said that the idea was he was going to get choke slammed and then the cage was going to slowly cave in kind of. And in his mind, the, t- the, the roof was going to sink down and then he was going to roll off of it into the ring. So whenever the, he gets choke slammed on it and the, and the thing just breaks all the way through and he falls, that was not supposed to happen. It barely slowed him down. Yeah. If anything, it's worse. It was, yeah. it was much worse. Oh, well, uh, yeah, definitely was much worse. Yeah, but like the cage might as well have not been there. There could have been an open hole where that paneling of the cage was and it would have been the same amount of uh, resistance. So, But that I didn't know for a long time because I was like, why why is this cage so shitty by comparison? I know Mick Foley weighs 100 pounds more than Shawn Michaels, but if you're going to build it to hold 600 pounds, you're not going to build it to hold 700 pounds? That doesn't make any sense to me. So yeah, it doesn't make sense that it would break in any way, but right. So that makes sense for it to be worked. But I just I had no idea. I thought it was an accident. Yeah, that's something I only recently learned about it. But still, uh, this is this is pretty gnarly for the time. Like if if McFoley hadn't done those other bumps because he was trying to top this match, the bumps Shawn Michaels takes in this are also insane. Yeah, they really like. uh, So after he gets gorilla press slam he crawls over to the side of the cage and uh undertaker very slowly like he's stepping on sean michael's hands which is like such a dick thing to do yeah and sean takes a fall off of the side of the cage through the ring announce table which was the biggest bump and like the craziest looking thing in 1997 and would look crazy if not for the fact that mcfoley gets thrown off of the top of this thing like eight months later which by comparison makes this bump look like nothing by comparison and shane o'mac jumped off the top of that motherfucker yeah so best wrestler in the world it was a tournament whatever whatever you look back on it 
it doesn't look as gnarly, but if you try to put yourself in 1997, it's it's huge. And well, Shawn Michaels like, sells like, it great. It's like Mike know. Metzger throwing the first backflip in competition. Uh, Kerry Hart kind of did it, but I, th- I think Mike Metzger's given the 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 um, the distinction of being the first guy to do it in competition, or is the first of the X Games, or something like that. I don't know. And on a dirt bike, right? That was insane when that happened. But now people yeah. are throwing doubles and front flips and 360s and all that shit. So one backflip doesn't look that insane. But how insane one backflip was at the time is a whole different scenario. You know what I mean? So well, like, and how insane one backflip still is. Like, it's still crazy yeah. to, do, to do that. It's yeah, just because dangerous. people do gnarly stuff doesn't mean that's not gnarly. Yeah. Uh, gnarlier stuff. I mean, um, he barely even, like, hit that table by the way yeah, like right yeah he slides off it mostly he almost went straight to the ground yeah. um and yeah. he's selling it he's selling it great like he's all tied up in the in the cables and stuff and the monitors ble- and shit he's just bleeding everywhere like yeah he's got undertaker, a full mask like a rick flair mask of blood yeah and undertaker's trying to grab him to throw him back in the ring and Shawn michaels can't get untangled from the monitors and all yeah. that stuff uh so they get back in the ring and then Undertaker hits a super choke slam, followed by poetic justice uh, chair shot that just kills Shawn Michaels dead. Oh yeah, he's 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 deader than than dead. At oh, this by point. the way, when when uh, when Michaels went off the off the top, uh, we got a he's broken in half. Uh, oh, <laughs> by God, he's uh, broken in half. But it's not as God is my witness. He's broken. Yeah. And we didn't get a. I bet there's an idiot at home thinking these guys learn how to fall. They know how to fall. <laughs> yeah. uh, so Undertaker, he's on the he's on the road to victory. Nothing can stop the Undertaker at this point. Um, I I stopped taking notes because I was just like, well, foregone conclusion, Undertaker's the winner of this match. Did you have anything? Uh, you know, unless I don't know. Uh. A, a, a demon shows up. You oh. know what I mean? All right. Well, you ever think about uh, a demon? Give me five minutes. I don't think he's supposed to be no, a demon. Uh, I give me five minutes and mm-hmm. uh, let me let me see. You're workshopping. Uh, well, let me see if I was wrong. Yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take my five minutes and watch the end of Hell in the Cell. <laughs> see what happened. Uh, All right, I'll pause the recording. Okay. Hey guys, we're back. Dusty. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. So, okay. So Undertaker hits that, that chair shot. Mm -hmm. And I think it's over. Mm -hmm. The lights go out. They start playing organ music. Yeah. And not the cool organ music, the scary organ music. Yeah. Everything turns red. Mm -hmm. Do do you want to know? Do you know who came out? It had to be Kane. It's it's gotta be Kane. (laughs) It's a great line. Well, that's it's that's gotta be Kane. Like he he can't even. He says it like two or three times. It's gotta be Kane. It must be Kane. Uh, so Kane comes out. By the way, props to the organ music. Undertaker's cool organ music makes his character in some ways. That Kane music is dope as hell. Whatever the beat the, drops on that one. And it has the that guitar riff is uh, I, no pun intended. It's fire. Oh, uh, Bill Johnston, I believe. Yeah, that's him. That's the guy. Uh, or is it Bob? I don't know. Jim Johnson. 
That's it's his name. Jim Johnston. That's what yep. it is. Uh, so Kane comes it's, out. He, have, he you seen, have you seen Orange County? Uh, yes. He's like, my name is Joe. John. Joe John. And he's like, your name's Joe John. Johnston. Johnston Joe. Joe. <laughs> Where's your pants, Joe? <laughs> I had to take them off so I could run faster out of the flames. <laughs> we got a we got a runner. Yeah. Five five ten. Portly. <laughs> Portly. <laughs> Fucking great line. Man, there's like, some gems from that movie. I was like, you better not. <laughs> or, or what about a hat that just goes boom? Yeah. <laughs> Her shirt doesn't. I talk to the hand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we so, love you, Jack Black. We love you. Uh, Kane comes out. He rips that door off the hinges. Just, uh, just straight yokes the the door off. Yeah, not yeah. Like it's made of tissue paper. Yeah. Um. But it's also funny because like he doesn't really know where to set it. Like it's like, well, what do you do with the door once you rip There's it a off? couple awkward things about this cane uh, scenario, yeah. but uh, the first one, yeah, he doesn't know where to put the door. <laughs> just so anywhere, Kane. Yeah, <laughs> just throw it on the on the ground, Kane. Uh, so he faces off with the Undertaker, and Undertaker's got this puzzled look on his face. And for a second, I imagined him being like, "Is that is that Isaac Yankum?" <laughs> Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry are you, is that my fucking dentist are you are you are you fake, are you fake diesel, diesel? <laughs> look i know traps those are <laughs> fake diesel's traps those are anybody's traps so they uh, cast K- glenn it was glenn that you <laughs> cast his cane <laughs> oh it was glenn all along <laughs> um, so Kane does his uh, his arm thing that makes fire shoot out of the ring posts. It uh, was a real flaccid one, to be honest, though. It was like yeah. he does the he puts his hands up and he puts them down. And it's just like <laughs> just like real yeah. quick. Uh, and Undertaker's like, what the hell? And then yeah. Kane grabs. You Undertaker. got pyro. They always tell me no. <laughs> he picks Undertaker up for the tombstone. And much like the Patriot, Kane cannot find the hard camera for it this is- tombstone. <laughs> It is Benny Hill music time because yeah. he's like, eh, which way? Yeah. Which way do I look? Now I'm gonna ruin he, my. That's gonna be a shockmaster situation. He turns like three times before yeah. he figures out where the hard camera is. He spikes the Undertaker, uh, and then leaves. And Shawn Michaels, pathetically, he's face down. He's been face down this whole time. Yeah. He just pathetically rolls one arm over the Undertaker, and the referee comes over and slow counts uh, a three count for Shawn Michaels and everybody looks dead. It's a great ending to yeah. this to this match. And then Triple H and China run out and they carry Shawn Michaels carcass out of the ring. Like they've got him each under one arm and they're carrying him out while he's bleeding all over the place. And, uh, and, and he's uh, like unconscious. Oh, go ahead. Go, yeah, <laughs> you're fine. No. Uh, they Triple H does a crotch chop with Shawn Michaels arms, but it's the saddest chop crotch chop in history. Cause Shawn Michaels is dead. Yeah. He's, and he's covered in blood and he's like yeah. dead as a doornail. He's, he's been just beat to shit. And it's like a weekend at Bernie's crotch chop. And because it's wrestling as they're cr- cr- carrying him out, it's you think I'm sexy. <laughs> like, <Yeah. laughs> it's like, uh, there's an old, uh, in like, stand-up circles there's like an old legend of red fox i think i've probably told you this story oh, a yeah. million times dusty 
uh red fox played a show in, in vegas one time um and he he walks out and they they had the Sanford and Son music for him. So he, he walks out, he's doing his Red Fox walk and they're playing dun, 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 dun. and there's 10 people in the crowd. And so he walk he does he doesn't look at the crowd until he walks up, and they stop playing his music, he looks forward, and there's there's like 10 people in the crowd. He goes, 10 people. I ain't doing a show for no 10 fucking people. And he turns and because it's Vegas and they're so tight, as soon as he turns and starts walking away, they go, din, 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 and they play his music all the way out. And uh, that's basically what happened there. Like they just they're on point. They have to play the music, but it's just not the time. I uh, didn't you tell me the other story is they were looking for Red Fox to go on. Yeah. And he's in the back and I'll 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 clean it up a little bit. But he's in the back. He's somewhere and they can't find him and they're freaking out because uh he's got to go on. And they open the door to this room and there's just a naked prostitute in there and yeah. Red Fox is doing cocaine yeah. with her and they're like red and he turns around and he goes, "What? Can a man relax?" Yeah. <laughs> oh man we love you red we miss you yeah that 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 is uh definitely those are two stories that people tell and swear up and down they're true uh i i for sure believe the second one that's true yeah can a man relax (laughs) (laughs) so that does it for uh bad blood 1997 um i didn't know if you noticed um them saying that the winner of this Undertaker Shawn Michaels match gets a world title shot at the next pay per view, which is Survivor Series 1997, where nothing happens. So, not a big deal at all. Yeah, NBD, nothing big happens at Survivor Series 19. No, no, no world shattering, uh, named, uh, notorious events happen at the old Survivor Series. Yeah. Um, this show, so Shawn Michaels versus Undertaker gets five stars from Dave Meltzer. And that is the last WWF five-star match for like decade until, until 2011, 14 years. Um, but the rest of this match doesn't, that encompasses most of the rocks run. I feel like Meltzer just wasn't watching. It's almost all of uh, the Rock's career. And toy boy ass motherfucker. <laughs> but uh, there him. are no, there are no <laughs> other star ratings on this show because Dave Meltzer and Brian Pillman were uh, particularly good friends. And I read a uh, the Wrestling Observer episode or the newsletter that came out covering the show, and Meltzer basically said like, there was no way for me to kind of objectively or objectively look at this show. And uh, I was not really paying attention. Do you, you want him to do like he has to tell us what he thought of that minis match? You know what I mean? Like, right. So that, uh, but also ratings are no, there's, there's nothing on this show to watch except the main event. Like the main event is fantastic. And that match in my mind holds up to this day. I enjoyed well, rewatching it. But other than that, there's not any wrestling on this show that I would point out. But the next best match is probably the flag match. And even that's, in my mind, that that might be breaking three. That's stars, what I was going to say. It generous. might be three stars. Yeah, it's not yeah. nothing nothing serious. Um, the match quality of the last two WWF shows has not been very good. Um, no, but the story. The story uh, is I, much better, yeah. As, I, as, I, as my voice breaks, the story of 
what is happening is compelling. Yeah. Like, uh, and they're building towards a big, um, big end to the angles for 1997. But generally, the matches have not been good, but the main events have been good. All the undercard is really skippable, but like the top matches generally deliver. Um, and as we talked about, it's like almost the opposite of what's going on in WCW because everything that the NWO touches turns to shit. And then everything else is generally not always because they do still have horseshit like six man tag matches and stuff. But like your Eddie, Eddie Guerrero matches, uh, stuff like that are uh, sometimes you got a Chris Jericho that shows up. Um, those are the best matches of those um, shows when but when and when the nwo shows up it's gotta suck yeah it immediately takes all the air out yeah um so like we mentioned the next night uh vince mcmahon interviews brian pillman's widow uh on live tv and asks her a ton of inappropriate questions like questions that wouldn't be appropriate to ask her now let alone 24 hours after she's found out that her husband died. Yeah. But like, I almost get the feeling there's a little bit of, and maybe this is just because Vince McMahon as a person is icky to me, but there's a point where she, where he says like, have you given any thought to what you and your family are going to do now that your husband is dead and you don't have any money? And she's like, no, obviously (laughs) like, I don't even know what day it is. No, I haven't considered that. But then he's asking her a bunch of questions that it feels like if she gives the wrong answer, there might not be WWF money coming her way. And that's, yeah. that <laughs> might, that might be not, I might be reading into it, but it's regardless, it's gross because she's like, he's like, well, we knew that Pillman had uh, an addiction problem. Do you think that that played into it? Do you think it's what it's like, dude, Leave, leave her alone yeah I, I just really don't understand like anything in that in that whole interview like it's it's so distasteful it's the next day it's like because sometimes when somebody dies you'll like have like for a show of strength you'll have their family member like in the arena and everybody gives them a standing ovation and they wave and all that stuff even that sometimes is kind of rare but not always Sometimes it's it's done fine. But this was not that at all. Like this was no. horrible. It was egregious and every like she's sitting on a couch and she's crying and Vince just like is in his announcer man voice and he's just unrelenting with this line of questioning. And it's like, what's what's the good answer? What's she gonna say? What are you, you trying know? to get out of her here? Like it, yeah, and look. you still don't know how the guy died. Yeah, and you just don't want her. You want her to not blame WWF, so that then you could say, "Well, even the widow doesn't blame us for what yeah. happened." Um. So the Jim Ross story was they knew that Pillman was in trouble. He was he was acting very erratically. He had like wrecked a bunch of rental cars and just things weren't going. Leading good. up to his death. Yeah, and he was on a bunch of. Uh, he was taking a lot of prescription medication. And so Jim Ross decides to drug test him because they, they don't know what's going on with him. And JR had that kind of pull huh? He was the talent. He was the head of talent relations. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. We, I think we've discussed that. Okay. That makes sense. 
Yeah. So, and Pillman, him and Pillman have been friends a long time and he gets pissed. Pillman gets pissed. And he's like, do you know how everybody's taking pills and you're going to pull me and make me take this drug test, blah, blah, blah. When you know, I'm in pain and you know that like I'm taking him for a reason. And they're like, we just need to know what's going on. And they said that he had like, he had stuff in his bloodstream, but all the stuff that he had, he had prescriptions for. So he's, if he's abusing it, he's abusing it, but he's not, they don't know how many pills he's taking, but he has legit prescriptions for all of these drugs. Yeah. So it's not like he's doing Coke or he's doing stuff that they can. And I think you can tell with opiates and stuff like that, if they're at therapeutic levels or not, because I know I see that phrase thrown around every once in a while, but I don't know how definitive that is. I'm not a toxicologist or. Right. And neither am I. So, but they were like, our hands are kind of tied because he, it's not like he's getting the stuff illegally and he's not like, he's not in a situation where he can't come to work, but they had tried to do other stuff for him where like they tried to make him an announcer and an interviewer and all these things, but he wanted to wrestle because he felt like the money that he was earning was because he was a wrestler, not because he was a, uh, going to be an announcer or any of these other things. Mm-hmm. And I just think he was bummed that he couldn't perform because Brian Pillman used to be an, an amazing wrestler. And he just never could get it back after the car accident for a good reason. Like he had nearly died. Yeah. They that said car. that they said that they had to like, and I think you've even told me this as well, that like his ankle was like it's fixed position. Like he couldn't bend it basically. Yeah. They had to fuse it in place so that he could walk. That's and it's insane. like, and he wrestled on it that way, which is crazy yeah. to imagine. So uh, there is, unfortunately a specter that is over this whole event as well but like bad blood it's uh it's like historic for the first hell in the cell for the debut of kane who goes on to be a huge star and who they do an awesome job introducing in this uh event i thought yeah like it's a as good a entrance as you can imagine except for the the wacky hard camera thing (laughs) yeah but like this can get you can see a universe where this gets over like fake diesel's never getting over isaac yankum's never getting over oh yeah kane you can you can see being something especially because he was working with the undertaker like he starts with the undertaker which is a main event program Mm -hmm. you know so uh it and it's got that going for it but the whole thing is kind of just there's an undercurrent of it just being a bummer because of Brian Pillman's death. Uh, yeah. And that was unavoidable. I think they fumbled a lot of the things that they did in reaction to it. Like we've talked about this whole episode, but um, it was unavoidable that there was, I mean, it happened that day. You know what I mean? Um, so it, it, it wasn't gonna, they weren't, I don't think there was a way out of that. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't think that that there was ever going to be a situation where you, couldn't uh, like where you could put on a good enough show to where uh it didn't matter you know yeah um but the uh so i would say watch watch the hell in the cell if you want to watch anything uh but it's not imperative to watch yeah and check out hawk's uh face paint (laughs) oh yeah that, that's the five star. That's yeah. the other five star on this thing. Five star face paint for Hawk. Um, uh, final tallies, three out of five shenanigans, uh, which is not good. Um, no. And five nut shots. 
uh, which well, is which is less than one a match. So that's we're good. So we're good on that. We want to get it. We want to get it lower, but it's especially since there were three in one match. It's fine. Yeah. Well, it it will be fine, but it's still not great. Three out of five uh, potential. What did you say? Three out of five potential matches that could have yeah. shenanigans. Did. Yeah, that's not a good. Yeah, but one of them. One of them was um, the stupid Boricuas, uh punch to the back of the head situation, right. which, uh, which, it, it technically is shenanigans, but it wasn't like it was like half-assed, like stupid shenanigans. That match just sucked. So like, yeah, no one cares. It deserves to make it worse. The the ratio worse, basically. Um. All right, I have some things about October. The fifth, nineteen ninety-seven. Okay, you would care to hear them. Um, I'm gonna guess the number one movie this week you have never seen. So the number one movie was Kiss the Girls. No, I have it's not got, seen that. Uh, Morgan Freeman and Ashley Judd. It's a like a thriller movie. Okay. So, yeah. No. Nothing. Absolutely. Uh, it made thirteen million dollars at the box office. Mm-hmm. So. It made less than a hundred million total. How much money do you think? Eighty-seven million dollars. Pretty good. Sixty million. Okay. Still a hit. Yeah. Because uh, they made other. This is based on like a book series, so they made the other books in the series in the movies as well. Uh, Along came a spider. I don't know if you ever saw that movie. I've heard of it, but uh, no, who cares? You know. Uh, the number one album was Mariah Carey Butterfly. I got nothing. I remember what the uh, cover looks like. Yeah, uh, it ended up selling five million copies total. So clearly, Mariah's got uh, she's got something in 1997. That was a I remember it was a big album. I I don't know shit about that album. I know fucking uh, Butterfly by uh, <laughs> Crazy Town. Crazy Town more than yeah. I know. Mariah Carey's Butterfly. Shifty Shell Shock isn't on this album. That's why you don't know. Well, I don't know how they sold five million then. Uh, You thought that you might escape Diddy this episode. Sean Combs, an executive producer of Butterfly. Of course he is. (laughs) Dude, he owned 1997. It's it's all him, man. Uh, The number one song is Four Seasons of Loneliness by Boys to Men. I got nothing for that song. Yeah, I actually I don't know that one. Music in 1997, it kind of sucked. Kind of sucked bad. Yeah, I mean, Biggie put out an album, but he also died. So, like, it's a net uh, neutral, I guess. Yeah, you Um, can't win for losing on that one. Hey, I can tell you one thing, though. Hanson Uh was killing it in 1997. (laughs) They were. That's That's their main year, I think. Uh, I think it. I think I do believe you are correct in that. I think that's that's the Mbop year. That's the Mbop era. Yeah. Um, there were two movies that were released. Ten million copies for Middle of Nowhere by Hanson. Yeah. By the way, that's God that's damn. That's more than Mariah. That's, that's twice Mariah. Mariah. Yeah. Uh, and P Diddy who didn't have his hands on any of it. So good for them. <laughs> uh, what if he's a producer on there i just never checked i own uh, them three little blonde kids yeah uh the following tuesday after bad blood two vhs's were released uh that i'm gonna say you haven't seen either of these movies there's a movie called that old feeling that i have also never seen so i don't even know what that is 
Nope. <laughs> the one you might have seen that I definitely I went to the theater to see this movie for my birthday. Bette Midler and Dennis Farina in that old feeling, by the way. Yeah, not for me. I love Dennis Farina, but no, I'm not going to be watching that movie. Uh, Anaconda, dog, Ice Cube and J-Lo. I don't think I saw that movie. I'm not positive. But... Uh, 13-year-old Dusty couldn't have been any happier to go to see <laughs> that movie for his birthday. My mom, lovely woman that she was, hated that movie when we went to the theaters. Of course she of course she uh, did. She, yeah. She's got taste. She's a yeah. woman of culture. Um, That's true. That the I, one thing that Anaconda gave us was the line from Chris Pontius and Jackass 2 when they're in the ball pit with all the snakes, yeah. and he's like, Be careful, guys, they tried to kill J Lo and Ice Cube. Yeah. Uh okay, so right now, the number one song in the country apparently is some song called Stay by Kid Leroy and Justin Bieber. Oh, currently. Currently, yes. Oh, I was like, Bieber in the in 97? Were either of these people alive when Bad Blood 97 aired? Let's see. Bieber. I don't know who the other guy is, so we'll say no for the other guy. Kid, uh, Kid Leroy, dude. Yeah, I don't know who Kid Leroy is. Who you can um 24 Bieber would have to be. I'd say Bieber's 25. I'd I'd say he he was born in 96. Okay. Uh Kid Leroy was born August 17th, 2003. Fucking not Christ. <laughs> not Fucking alive. Christ. You say August 17th? Yeah. He turned right 18. He turned 18 f- two weeks ago. Yep. It has a number one song. Uh Bieber, three years old when this show happened. Three years old. Okay. So, yeah. Um the, the so I was do- then so I did that research today and then I got obsessed with this idea because I thought that it was very funny. Um right now the top uh the top five albums on billboards top 100 uh two of the artists were born whenever bad blood 97 happened of the top five yeah God so this is it's just we're finally there man we're past yeah. like the cool age like our primes the- are over the number one album is Billie Eilish, Happier Than Ever. Is Billie Eilish old enough to have no. been alive? No? No. You are correct. Yeah. She was not. She's like, she's like 18. She's like barely 19 now or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know about, any of her music, to be honest. I've heard it and like enjoyed it, but I can't name the song. Um, uh, she's fine. Num- <laughs> number two, Doja Cat. Was Doja Cat alive? For I don't, about f- bad I don't fucking know. Is Doja Cat a person or is it a cat? Uh, you know what I mean? Look it up. Look it up. I want to see what the person looks like. I'll guess yeah. based on seeing the person. Doja Cat. J- D-O-J-A Cat. Okay. I just saw her age. Uh, so she had been alive for like a year or something like that? Yeah. Bad Blood 97. Doja Cat alive. Oh, yeah. 1995. So like a year yeah. and some change. Uh, I don't know oh, any damn. of her songs. Uh, but Me that's neither. Okay. Uh, and the third top-selling album is Olivia Rodrigo. Okay, but don't look at her age. I'm gonna try not to. I didn't mean right. to. Well, oh yeah, you need a visual to to really guess. I'm trying to see. Oh no, she definitely was not alive in 1997. She was not alive in 1997. Yeah, 
Yeah, she uh, she is a young. She's only eighteen. She was born in two thousand three. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Good for number, her. The number four album, Kid Leroy, which we know not alive in nineteen ninety seven. Kid Leroy's killing it. Uh, and is it Leroy? Five, Are you? No, L A R O I. Oh, oh. it's the Kid Leroy. Yeah, I think is how you say it. He's a white dude. Yeah. All right. Uh, number five album, which speaks volumes about where we're at as a country, is Dangerous, the double album by Morgan Wallen. Morgan <laughs> Wall- Notable inward sayer, Morgan yeah. Wallen. Uh, was he alive for Bad Blood 97? Yes. Oh, wait, no. You sh- yes. Yes, he was. He was alive. He's like 25, I think. Okay. So uh still not great for us because still old as hell um, yeah, but i i just i was thinking like i wonder if anybody that i that i would know was uh alive or like do i know anybody that's on the top of the charts right now uh and turns out that i do not i mean i know who Billie eilish is but I'm, i don't know her music and the beebs so. bro I do know the Beebs. Um, all right, we got we got three name games. Okay. Uh, Kama Mustafa, a member of the Nation of Domination, has wrestled under many other names. Mm-hmm. Has he been? Well, most famously, he's been the Godfather. I don't know if you remember the Godfather. Yes. With the with the hose. With the hose, yeah, the one yeah. with the hose. Yes, uh, he has also wrestled as sir charles i didn't realize he was the godfather by the way yeah the, you can't tell from common mustafa because that gimmick is death but yeah. uh he turns into the godfather yeah i actively uh, my my eyes avoid him on the screen <laughs> when he's on the- uh has he also been sir charles mm-hmm. hugo drax the soul taker or papa shango <laughs> hugo drax is fake hugo drax is fake I know. Very I nice. know what it is. What is Hugo uh, Drax? He's the bad guy from the James Bond movie Moonraker. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite part of these is you, uh, you uh, uh, revealing who, where the guy actually came from. Where the guys come from? Yeah. yeah. Um, it's hard. It's hard to come up with things that sound like they could be real. Yeah. You know. Um, all right. From our minis match, Mosaic. Uh, according to Wikipedia, has also wrestled as one of these three names. All right. Has he also been the mini Chupacabra, the mini Mariachi, or mini Mankind? Mini Mariachi is fake. Mini Mariachi is fake. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> it sounded no real, like, huh? There is no thing that I drew from, just I thought. A mini mariachi could be a believable mini person. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I just uh for whatever reason that sounded like the one that that you made up. That I would make up, sure. Yeah. Uh and then he was mini mankind? He was mini mankind. Oh, when they uh, did I think you told me that they did like a minis match with like mini versions of wrestlers. Yeah, of like WWF wrestlers. All right. Uh Max Mini. Has mm-hmm. also wrestled. He seemed as, to be the most famous one out of all those. 
Yeah, he's pretty. I mean, I guess based on they gave him a lot of rubs during the during the match, like they were talking about. Oh, they're stoked to see Max Mini and shit. He's supposed to be the best Mini, but I don't, I don't know how to, I don't know how to grade that. We had some flippy shit. Yeah, just look good to me. Definitely. Uh, Was Max Mini also Mini Rey Mysterio, the Mini Dragon, or Mini Kane? The Mini Dragon fake. Many dragons real. Fuck. I was hoping gotcha. I got a clean sleep clean clean right. sweep for the first time. That can't be many cane. That can't be many <laughs> There is no mini cane. Oh, because the mini shit. Well, they could have done it afterwards. So yeah, because uh there was also a mini Vader. I think Tarantula was mini Vader. Uh <laughs> fucking tarantula. So uh what if that's, you get picked to be Mini Vader? You're like, what are you, what are you trying to say? Yeah. Well, Mini Tarantula was the, the heftiest. He was he was the tubbiest. He, yeah, he found uh, a piece of candy in his pocket. <laughs> of the of the various minis. Um all right. That does it for bad blood. October 1997. We will be revisiting one more time because uh next week we are doing WCW Halloween Havoc 1997. Fuck yeah. You know, you know what I just remembered about Major Pain? What's that? He calls the deaf guy dummy. <laughs> yeah. I there's I I haven't rewatched it. I bet there's some stuff in there. Yeah, oh, there is. There is. I yeah, have rewatched yeah. it. Uh he's like, if you don't answer me when I'm talking to you, I'ma put my foot in your ass. You hear me, yeah. dummy? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I like when he's fighting Bam Bam Bigelow and he's like, I'm going to take my left foot and I'm going to put it up against the right side of your face. Yeah. I'm going to take my right foot and I'm going to put it up against the left side of your face. And then he like punches him in the throat instead and Bam Bam Bigelow's like, I thought you said you were going to kick me in my face. And then he, he's like, oh, I am. And then he fucking yes. nails him with a spin kick or whatever. The <laughs> Damon Wayans, man. If for nothing else, that's comedy hall of fame for damon wayans he was the king of his time That's <laughs> he was a... no well for if if for uh only men on film or men on on in living color oh in living color god damn yeah. um uh... but yeah, sorry. I just oh, remembered no, that he called the deaf guy dummy. Uh, the snark marks do not be, think you are inherently dumb if you are deaf. Uh, we understand yeah. that being deaf is a terrible ailment that we do not wish upon anybody. But God damn it, you can still live a great life if you're deaf. Uh, yeah. we, we, we don't think you're dumb. We do, however, think it is very funny. <laughs> Damon Wayans <laughs> called the deaf guy dummy yeah. in major pain. In 1995. In 1995, That's... whenever it was made. Uh so uh next week we are doing halloween havoc 1997 uh featuring the match of the year uh for 1997 between ray mysterio and eddie guerrero a las vegas death match between randy macho man savage and diamond dallas page and what is definitely not the match of the year where rowdy rowdy piper faces hulk hogan in a cage Yay. I'm I'm sick of Macho Man. I'm sick of seeing him on my TV. I I want to see the old Macho Man. I'm sick of this old over the hill horseshit Macho Man, and I'm you, sick of Hulk Hogan. And uh, I'm not sick of Diamond Dallas Page. I'm not sick of Rowdy Roddy Piper. I'm not sick of Rey Mysterio or Eddie Guerrero. So I'm looking forward to that shit. But yeah. um, and you know, watching Scott Hall wrestle isn't the worst thing in the world. You know what I mean? Uh, in this match, it is. 
Uh, might be, might just be. Which one? Which one's he in again? I'm sorry. He's wrestling Lex Luger with uh, Larry Zabisco as the special referee. Who's Larry Zabisco? He's one of the announcers on Monday Nitro. He has beef with the NWO. He's a retired wrestler. Oh shit! Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I believe that he, I believe that he injures six with a guillotine choke. So uh, keep an eye out for that, and let me know if you think. <laughs> oh, you uh, mean? Oh, is it a tag match? No, it's like. Oh, you uh, mean to tell me that six got involved in something <laughs> that he wasn't supposed to be involved in? Oh man, I'm sorry, dude. I can't really believe they're they're breaking ground. Yeah, it's a rough one. We love uh, you, Sean. I, I love Xbox, but God oh, damn I it, too. I hate the NWO. <laughs> let, let me know if you think that Sean Waltman is either selling uh, exquisitely well or his neck might be messed up. Yeah, we'll I don't know. I'm just glad his butthole's okay. Yeah. Well, TBD, you know, he wasn't selling it. Who knows? The state of affairs <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is at true. That, at that point. Uh, so anyway, thank you to everyone that uh, has listened. Follow us on all the things. You got a Facebook. Guess what? We got a Facebook. You got a Twitter. We got two Twitters. Uh, you can follow Andrew at Andrew Idell for various hot takes on various things, sometimes mm-hmm. wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then follow me at Snark Mark D for uh, all wrestling takes that I have. Uh, we have a Snark Marks Twitter that it's it's official uh our official twitter so we got three twitters for you one for each of you uh yeah. and snark marks pod snark marks pod at twitter dot bunch of takes bunch of memes i fucking tweeted that that uh that, that disco inferno was all elite the other day and then i realized that disco inferno is like a white nationalist now and i didn't yeah. know that and he was like retweeting Mike Cernovich and shit. And I turned a, I, I, I made a lighthearted joke about how much I loved him on Twitter. Um, I still love the gimmick. It's okay to hate Glenn Gilberti, the man, and love the Disco Inferno. It's just, it's just, yeah. man, Mike, Mike Cernovich, man, like you could be a Republican, you know? Yeah. Mike Cernovich, anyway. Be a Republican. Uh, yeah. But you it, a Republican, be a Republican. <laughs> uh so follow us on that uh we have a back catalog filled with many episodes including a get to know us episode if you think we're interesting uh we run through the history of wrestling that we both have to give a brief explanation of why we're doing uh 1997 exclusively at this point uh and again thank you for everyone that listens and leaves feedback uh join us for our all out post show um, immediately following all out we'll be live on youtube given the hot takes on that was that two one. weeks ago that was and this is me from the future yeah. telling you to, uh, from the go, past. you know what go and listen to it now if you want to yeah yeah it was, it was it was really good it was really good yeah yeah yeah. we're again so many rappers yeah by uh and they're alligator i can't natives. believe future showed up yeah uh, and like he brought a lot of the uh the odd future people with him it's yeah crazy. Yeah, the, 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 whole, the whole collective they all hang out because they they they're not in the same rap group but they they hang out because they have similar names yeah i uh neil I'm hamburger here. i mean neil sweatshirt <laughs> yeah i mean they're all, they're all out they were all there child yeah. of gambino all of them emo phillips for some reason and busy phillips i don't yeah. know doja cat was there <laughs> she heard we were talking about her yeah uh, yeah paul so, stanley yeah. Just, just, but not Gene Simmons. Uninvited Gene just, Simmons. Just Paul Stanley. Edgar Winter from the Edgar Winter group was there. Uh, <laughs> so, anyway, uh, until next week, 
We'll be back because kayfabe is dead, but we're alive watching Halloween Havoc 1997. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.